This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair, the movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. Black Coffee is a podcast hosted by Kari Frazier and Frida Sampson Weekly. Weekly, Frida and Kari welcome guests to discuss the rich history of Black leadership, entrepreneurship, artistry, and social justice. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. The Detroit is Different Podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Oh, see, Lord, legal royalty, bars in every sentence. Get off my pretty wings, I have habitual indifference. My mind's too advanced, I do mathematics with letters. That's why my iron bit contaminator is way better. Still inside of Shakur, and what couture. What other rappers' metaphors to the semaphores? Vocabs too advanced to be autocorrected. Alpha rapper of the alphabet's been resurrected. And scrabble boards on face. Running on these tracks like Florence Griffith on the chase. One limb explodes like Florence Griffith in the race. It takes less than two when I'm robbing on this base. Huh. See, I'm easy rocking. Be easy with this E like I'm straight out of Compton. One project away like I'm straight out of Tonkin. Legal eagles fly and die. These other birds are just mocking. Brain pin pad, both before lips. These other female rappers out here talking with their hips. These misguided gangsters out here talking with their clips. While these devils copyright, grab the cash and then they dip. They try to stack us up and slay boats that don't float. Penitentiaries surrounded by a moat. It's mental. You can tie a lion with a rope and he'll stay right there if he murder all his hope. But I got the antidote that will free any slave and make runaway masters back in the days. And that turn away every day, that's the doctrine. I'll show them off my legs when I'm dressed down in stockings. Now convince me your life matters when your violence starts to move in the counterclockwise pattern. They hypnotize with a lot of total minds, confuse their hearts, their power will die. Gentrify their art, gentrify their block and their parts. Then protest beside them, this is all such a farce. Next we'll turn them into Mother Nature's bastards. That way they won't survive when we start coming out blasting. Have them boost their melanin, tell them that's in fashion. Take their edge and their edges, have them sow those tracks in. If they sow what they will reap, it'd be hard to wake them up once they put them to sleep. Y'all like rappers that keep you stupid Who aren't brave enough to lose their life over music Scared to teach you righteous cause they scared to be poor Maybe cowards die off Welcome once again to the Piper Carter Podcast I'm so excited, you know We just keep this thing going and going and going What's up, Brittany, our token millennial? Hi, Piper <laughs> What's up, Piper? I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna bring our um. I'm gonna bring our guest like right in, so we can because um she's so fun. Uh, I'm gonna bring her right <laughs> on in. So um, Lottie Spady is one of the most amazing human beings um that exists on the planet, 
And I'm really honored and excited that um, she decided to, you know, come on the podcast because she is so dynamic and so multidimensional and has so much to offer and so much to share. And so we're really blessed and honored to have you. So welcome, Lottie Spady. Thank you so much for all those kind words. I'm very, very happy to be here, Piper. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited, too. Thank so, you. It's nice to meet you, by the way. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. great to meet you, too, Brittany. Yes. I always have to, like, tell people, like, all these stories about how I know people, but I have, like, too many stories about Lottie. <laughs> and I was trying to think of, like, one or two, but I, I can't. I have, like, too many. So I'll just suffice it to say we were, um, initially I met Lottie because we were doing a youth network together. And the organization that I volunteer for now, mm-hmm. Lottie was working there. Um, and so we were in community um, in, in, at, at a table to like support youth, like mm-hmm. build this youth network. And um, so I just got a chance to like spend significant amount of time with Lottie, like just learning and watching. And then because we were in this network, there were other, there were so many other people because, you know, the entire community is just like really beautiful. And so then just got a chance to see Lottie in all those different communities. So I think like that's the most concise way that I could like explain Lottie because then we'll, I think we should just get into the conversation. Let's do it. Yeah. So that Lottie can tell her own story. She wasn't one of those like stale people that you sit next to at the table. Never. And you're like, okay. Never ever. When is this ending? Yeah. So I wanted Lottie to tell her own story because I'm like, I could sit here and like talk about Lottie like mm, for probably like four or five more shows. <laughs> but um, but I'm going to let her talk about herself. So um, I was trying to think like where to begin the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think because I had I, I initially wanted Lottie to come talk about her um, herbalism mm-hmm. and her business and what she's been doing with that. She's also a media maker. And also, like I said, work with the youth and everything. But I think what I really want to do is just go all the way back. And then Lottie just tell us about, you know, we were just talking about like activism. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to like go mm-hmm. even before EMIAC, like just to the origins. Because even Baba Haru, he hasn't been on the podcast yet. But Baba Haru is pretty significant in the community. And even he was telling me, oh, when I... First was telling him that I had just met Lottie. He's like, how'd you just meet Lottie? <laughs> so anyway, that just I just kind of wanted to start it there, you know, because Lottie used to have these long, long locks. And now she has this beautiful, short cropped, gorgeous, tight curl of hair. And when did you um, when did you get when did you cut them off? Oh, they have been gone now for Is it seven years? Probably seven oh, or so. Do you miss years. them? Some some days I yeah. do. I'll look at my pictures on Facebook and then I'll post a little throwback all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, remember yeah. these? That's cool. I do. <laughs> so I wanted you to take us back when you were just a wee little lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, like in real life though, like take us back to the beginning. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> back in the time. Yeah. We got to go in the time machine. <laughs> wow. Well, that is... A long and winding story, so I will do my best. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll start with the fact that um, 
I would say my entry into activism, although it's been almost 20 years now, was mm. very late mm. in getting started in my life. Um, I don't think I really became politically aware until um, after I divorced mm. and sort of exited from this idea of what a grown-up should do. You know, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you have a dog, and have a good job, right? Mm. So I um, was working for an insurance company. I can't imagine Lottie working for an insurance company. I was a disability insurance underwriter. Wow. Interesting. And handled all of Long Island, New York. Wow. Wow. Like, I was like a big-time insurance customer service person. Wow. You were busy, too. Busy. And let me tell you, just to give you some idea of the age, Mm -hmm. I am, I don't mind, the internet wasn't even hardly a thing. Like, we Mm. had intranet at at our job, (laughs) right? But we didn't, I mean, I can remember deciding that I was, like, dying in my Mm. cubicle, Mm. and um, I didn't, I remember distinctly having this vision of um, worker bees Mm. flying, like our cars going in and out of the um, parking structure every day, Mm. like in the morning and then leaving at night. And I was like, what are we doing? That's hilarious. And and I decided to go back to school. Mm. And I went to school, went back to Wayne State for, um, because I graduated from high school in 84. Okay. And I went to college for a couple years. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to be quote unquote grown. Mm. And I got a real job. Mm. And I started doing customer service work. And that's how I ended up, you know, working and all this. And I thought I was Mm. doing the thing, right? So I went back to school and, well, I started flipping through Wayne State's catalog. And they had this thing called Interdisciplinary Electronic Art. Huh. That's cool. And I was like, that's cool. That's exactly (laughs) what I said. I was like, what is this? Because I had made up my mind that this corporate life was going to kill me, Mm. and I was going to go back to school for art. And coming out of, you know, my parents were very much so of the civil rights era. Right. And they were like, you're not going to school for art. Oh. What do you, you're not, you can be a lawyer, Mm. but you're not going to school for art. Wow. So I kind of just decided to party my way through and just stop going. (laughs) So you're an artist anyway. I was being an artist anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I went back to school for art. And I have always had, it's taken me a long time to own this, but it Mm. is a gift of vision as far as things that are going to be a thing, right? So I went back to school for website design and interactive art Mm -hmm. before it was a thing, really. Right. So I ended up getting my degree in you know, making interactive CD-ROMs. Okay. And I worked on some really big projects like um, this huge DPS or Detroit Public Television thing where they did interactive CD-ROMs for mm. the Charles H. Wright and Cranbrook mm-hmm. and the Science Center. And Wait, the- wait, Brittany, do you know what a CD-ROM is? I know what a CD is. <laughs> okay, so we might need to tell the... I, I think it's I know, okay. I think I know what it is, but probably it's an interim. I would call it an interim medium, so you probably wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, because they don't even have 
CD CD-ROM Mm-mm. slots on no. computers now. No. Nope. Like, oh, you mean like the thing you put the CD in? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But the CD-ROM, what Lottie's talking about, um, now that I want to say is replaced by apps, but apps are so much more dynamic that yeah, it's hard to even say what a CD-ROM, but it was interactive. So yeah, all so the it was more like stuff. a if you envision like a video game okay. on a CD-ROM where you would play with the mouse and click on everything to navigate it. So it would be where you could open up different, you know, mm-hmm. it had more than one file on it, or mm-hmm. but it was in it. The point was that the the CD-ROM was like the first level of because like, like now it's probably difficult for you to even think about this. Because of the way the computer is, mm-hmm. because all the interaction is like in it. But this was before the computer had all of that interaction and dynamic interaction. It was on a CD-ROM. Got you. So all the things that you're able to do on the computer now, you had to actually have... Like Microsoft Word came on a CD-ROM. Well, Microsoft Word is different than what Lottie's okay. talking about. Because like you were able to like do things and then those things would do something okay. so all your mo- your <laughs> movies would you could click and then you could see your movies or you could click and get um a vocabulary game or you could click and do a 360 tour of a building you know what i mean but it was okay. all the data mm-hmm. was all housed on the cd-rom and you didn't download it onto the right the desktop at all or to your hard drive it was on, it wasn't on the computer gotcha very right. portable Fact of the day, CD-ROM. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah, yeah. And and at the time, like I was, that was doing something because there were when I would come home Mm -hmm. to my basement Mm. where I had a computer. Okay. And I would research women in multimedia. Wow. And there were zero. Right. Zero black women. Right. For sure. And very few women who were doing this thing called mm. interactive art. Okay. And really um, designing educational mm-hmm. CD-ROMs. And I mean, everybody had a CD-ROM, you know, mm-hmm. that was the thing. Yeah. So it was really groundbreaking. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I just knew that right. I felt like this was the thing. You were intuitive. Yeah. It That's was. dope. It is dope. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward just a little bit to around the year of 9-11, because that's mm. when a lot of things culminated for me. I um, was in my internship at a multimedia design firm downtown, and I remember the day of 9-11 being sent home from mm. work, and I was at a very turbulent place in mm. my marriage, mm. and had a major health issue mm. happened at the same time. Wow. And that's I, a lot. It, is. it was. It was a lot. I remember sitting on a bar stool in my kitchen and just being like, the world is falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. My health is falling apart. Like, there's nothing here. Mm. And um, shortly after that was when I decided to leave and start, like, start all over again. And um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. 
I ran into a good friend of mine mm. from college who was running a nonprofit in the North End, mm. Vanguard Community Development Corporation. Mm -hmm. She was running it, Donna, um, Donna Gibbons Williams. And um, she was like, you should just come over here. You should come and teach. See, we knew each other from college. And mm. she knew I liked to do creative stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I've always done all this stuff. I had, like, a gift basket business. Wow. So I had a <laughs> romantic mm -hmm. setting service. Hilarious. <laughs> what, what, we need you as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so I always had all these different hats. And she was like, you should come. You know, I'm running this teen center. You know, we have mm -hmm. these teens running in the back. And we, we need, you know, you should come teach them. And I was like, what am I going to teach them? Teenagers know everything. Wow. <laughs> I, I was intimidated by teenagers. Wow. I was like, I don't know what to do with them. So she was like, just come do whatever it is you want. Mm. That's cool. And I was like, well, um, okay. I want you to buy me mm -hmm. Photoshop, Illustrator. Mm. I'm going to teach these kids HTML. Wow. And we're going to have website design That's and so graphic cool. design. And I'm going to teach them everything I know. Because Wonderful. they may not, for whatever reason, decide or have the mm -hmm. opportunity to go to a college or a mm -hmm. university. And I was like, they can do this without even any bricks or mortar. Mm -hmm. They can do this on their own. Mm -hmm. And this would be a portable skill set that they could use. Genius. And so <laughs> we just started, you know, doing that. And it was crazy. And um, then somehow... Poetry got involved, and mm. I um, remember watching Deaf Poetry Jam on mm -hmm. TV, and I remember coming to work the next day, and I was like, we have to do this That's with wow. these kids. You don't right. understand. Right. You don't understand. <laughs> right. And I had a couple of my friends that would um, record it for me on mm. VHS tape. Okay. Do we need to take a break? No, we, we learned about that a couple weeks ago. Is <laughs> 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 hilarious? <laughs> sure it wasn't on an A-track? <laughs> it wasn't on an A-track. Definitely not. Remember that sound. Oh, <laughs> it was a pun on something old and technical. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> oh, Brittany. <laughs> I love it. I love it, right? The way back machine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But it, it gives you, see, you get context now. This mm -hmm. is, you're like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. But um, a friend of mine recorded them for me mm. on VHS. And so I brought them in and, you know, we wheeled out the little TV and the VCR. And I was like, mm. get your chairs in a circle. <laughs> okay. Circle time. And, and we started watching these uh, spoken word mm. poetry. And they were like. What is it? Like, what is mm. this? You know, because everybody was trying to be a rapper. You know, they were right. all trying to be a rapper. And I'm like, that's all good. But, you know, maybe you could do this too. And um, got ended up connecting with Black Ink Collective. Wonderful. They were written up in a newspaper article. Mm -hmm. I just saw their name and was like, let's call them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and ended up. Meeting Ben Jones and Talitha mm. Johnson and Alea Harvey Quinn. Mm. And they came and volunteered because mm. they were, because Black Ink had a mission of giving back in mm. addition to being a poetry collective that performed. So they mm. would come and do poetry workshops. Mm -hmm. And we started 
um, we had male and female mentorship groups mm. because, you know, as the youth got, as we developed relationships, they began to share their needs. Mm. You know, they needed people to talk to. Mm-hmm. They needed some place to go that was safe mm-hmm. after school. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed skills that they could translate into dollars. That's mm. when I met Jami Tata. Hey. Who wasn't called that then. Right, right. But you know, all good mamas. Mm-hmm. I won't I won't yeah. list them out for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was in my first oh. HTML class. Okay. <laughs> yes. And you know, so building out this really great youth program called the Urban Artist Collective mm-hmm. where we did um and the youth did I mean I remember we did this great project called the ID Me project. Mm. So ID Me stood for um an exploration of youth identity in Detroit through media. Wow. Identity in Detroit through media. Mm. And they all had their poetry and they all did Photoshop projects. Wow. That where they explored youth identity. Mm. And they made a chat book. And hmm. a um, CD. I still have some. <laughs> wow. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. They did a spoken word CD. They performed all over the city. Mm. And the little troupe's name was Local Youth. Okay. And it was designed to challenge stereotypes around youth, mm. you know. And so they went around and they performed at, you know, Jefferson East Business Association. Mm. They performed for Skillman. They, um, they did the graphic design for... Um, this big Brandeis University mm. youth report because wow. they, they were a big collaborator with Skillman and the mm-hmm. funding and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we really were doing some powerful, powerful yeah. work. Yeah, you know? and that when was I, ahead of his time, sorry, Piper, it was ahead of his time because, like, when I when I came on the scene, it was way later after you had left, and that's how I met Alea mm-hmm. because Alea was. Well, she she had some position at Vanguard. She had my position. So oh, okay, okay, that's okay. what made it so beautiful is that okay. when I left Vanguard, mm-hmm. Alea took my position. Mm. She was my assistant. That's I ended great. up so she was a volunteer. Mm-hmm. I hired her to be my assistant. Then mm. when I left Vanguard, she took my job. Mm. <laughs> that's so so ideal. And then Dominique Ball, right, who was in the program. Mm-hmm. Took Alea's job right when Alea left and went to work for Detroit Future Youth. Right, that's how you do that. I yeah. was just gonna say that's the type of stuff that like we dream about happening in the community, like mm-hmm. all over the place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people, one person watches the other person is able to take the position to a whole nother level. Then another person co- it just keeps filling the butt. You know, just keeps filling up. It is. It's so beautiful because you know. I know it's getting all mixed up in the timeline, but now Jami, who I said was in the program, mm-hmm. he opened his own bookstore yep. in the North End. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to bring him on the show. Yes. And Dominique designed the website. Mm-hmm. Now, Alea started her own nonprofit. Right. And Dominique did the website for that. She's still, everybody's still mm-hmm. doing their graphic design, mm-hmm. website design, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Dominique is a great graphic designer. Mm-hmm. And it came out of Urban Artists Collective. Wow. But she, and then she ended up going to um, college for it. And yeah. getting her degree in it. Right. And at one point in time, are you familiar with, you know, university prep? Mm-hmm. And, and they had their learning through internship program. Mm-hmm. So their students 
could elect, mm -hmm. they could select what they wanted to go into. Okay. And they would spend a day or two off-site every week. Okay. And I started out with um, Tyrone Owens. I started out with one young man. Mm, Shouts out to you, Tyrone. He's a graphic designer now, too, wow. professionally. Wow. And then I... After that, I had four students. And then after that, I ended up with like 12. I ended up having a whole class. Mm. And it was beautiful because these young people, including the young people from the North End who were in the program, mm -hmm. when we ended up having our youth summer camp, mm -hmm. they taught the graphic design, That's great. website design, and ran the youth I love it. girls and boys circle groups. I love it. So the model was powerful mm. gotta get that back going i feel like we do too mm -hmm. that was the most powerful wow did you know at the time that the that the things that you were teaching the foundations you were laying would be like everyday information mm -mm. things that like when you look at a a job application they say do you know how to use i didn't not i don't think so i mean I just knew that, well, I definitely felt like they would be able to be creative and do something with the multimedia stuff. And then I knew that it wasn't successful having, like, extra school-type after-school mm, programs. Right. <laughs> like, let's do tutoring and let's do homework. Mm -hmm. and let's do the, they weren't really responding well to that. Mm -hmm. So the poetry and you know we did our own talk show and that kind of <laughs> stuff that's so cool it is. had them you know interested and then i could i could see the gaps like right. whether it was reading mm -hmm. or writing mm -hmm. or confidence mm. just being able to feel confident about expressing yourself yes so i could sense those gaps and i thought that it would be helpful for them to get used to standing up and speaking and, you know, and mm. empowered in that way. Mm -hmm. Because what we, what I really um, latched on to was like critical analysis. Right. And the fact that if you could learn critical analysis as mm -hmm. a piece of your, in your toolbox, mm -hmm. you'd be able to apply it to anything. Yeah. So that's true. We would, I mean, we used to sit up, like I said, and read, um, for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Mm -hmm. We read um, Black Male, Single, Obsolete, and Dangerous by Haki Matabuti. Mm. We read, um, I mean, we just the read. titles alone. I mean, we, yeah, we would. And then <laughs> I remember one, one whole summer, I, we were doing this media experiment. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something. And we played Dead Prez all summer. In my car and in the summer camp. And I was like, I'm just going to see. Because, you know, kids will be like, I don't want to hear that. What is this? What are we listening to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and by the end of the summer, everybody was all like, yeah, RB, RBG, RBGs. Right. Yes, RBG. I was like, right. see, that's what's up. So yeah. Just um, giving them the tools and then having them use that information to critically analyze what was going on around right. them in the neighborhood. Yeah their opportunities for advancement mm -hmm. you know dead prez is great for that oh yeah i did a um uh when i when, remember the um young people from um Catherine ferguson mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So we had a mm-hmm. uh, cap. So I don't know if you know Brittany. We had a um, Captain Ferguson Academy was uh, quote unquote the school for pregnant girls, but because um, because like uh, it was a Detroit public school, mm-hmm. and they had a farm, they had um, a daycare, they had where like um, they had men- mentorship programs, mm-hmm. they had they had all types of stuff for those young people. And uh, one of the programs that we had at 5E was the mentorship. And so the girls would uh, be brought over and um, we were doing like music production with them. And I remember uh, (laughs) I played the Dead Prez and the Mind Sex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the song says like, we don't have to take our clothes off yet. We could burn an incense and just chat, relax. I got the ill vibration before we make love. You know, let's have a great conversation. And so, like, so I'm playing that, right? You can completely understand the poem by Abby Odun is just, oh, gosh. It's what every woman ever wants a man to say to you. He's like, she's love. She's truth. She's real. She's real as the stars that shine in the heaven. You know, she, he's just, anyway, I'm not going to say the whole poem, but... Listen to it, his voice, his inflections. It was it's just powerful, you know? And like, I remember we played the song and then the young ladies were like, I wish a nigga would call me black. I'm like, that's oh. what you got out of that. <laughs> oh. So we would have to do long tresses of media literacy. But mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, but let's say that might have been October. And then move to like March, and then thing you see the things change. Mm-hmm. You see people singing the song, mm-hmm. or like singing a different song. You know, you don't have to like that one, right? But having a different, you know, analysis around that. So, shouts out to you, Dead Press, for giving us some yes. great media literacy tools. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I we played the grooves off of. I mean, that was in my curriculum package. <laughs> It is it's powerful. I mean, yeah. I don't know about nowadays because the kids, you know, dead prez now is what, like 20 years ago. But it's good for like, you but, know. But in, the template, the template yeah. alone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finding a way, every way to connect. Like, okay, I can't get you here, so I'm going to meet you here. That that way you can come back over here. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful template. Because you learned something too. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Because. That is one thing that I always tried to emphasize when I would have these conversations. Like, mm-hmm. you know, funders or grown-ups would want to have this conversation about, what are y'all doing? I'm like, mm. I don't feel like the expert. Mm. I do not feel like the expert. Mm. Like I said, you know, young people have yeah. lots of life. That and ideas. That and they are that. living. Mm-hmm. The last thing I needed mm. to do was step in there like, well, no, you need to be doing it this mm. way. You know? I mean, some things... We would explore together, mm-hmm. and they would look to me like, well, what should we do? You know? Yeah. But other stuff was like, well, what do you think we should do? Let's let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I, I learned so much from them. From these maybe, what, like, how many minutes? From the 27 minutes we've been talking, I will say that it's so easy to see why you were able to connect with them because they were learning from your unconsciousness of just being so intense. Using your instincts, mm-hmm. like you, you feel your way through things. So the fact that they were able to trust 
that about themselves through seeing that through you is, mm. is also beautiful. That's powerful. Yeah. That is. You, to, to just say like, okay, this my friend is going to give me a program. <laughs> my mm-hmm. friend's going to give me a program and she told me I can do whatever I want to do. So I'm just going to use my instincts and use whatever I've learned recently to fund this program. Right. And to, and to you know, draw out. Now, also too, okay, so from there, Lottie, you were also doing like some... Active, I mean, that's activism in and of itself, but you were also doing, like, activism. Well, I didn't... Look, when I first got to Vanguard, I never... So that's the interesting thing is mm-hmm. I didn't even leave out from the back with them kids. Okay. I was with them six days a week. Wow. They came to see me as soon as they got out of school. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know where Dolores Bennett Park is, like, two wow. blocks away. They'd like, well, have you ever been at Bennett Park? I, I right. did not involve myself. Mm-hmm. In the politics. Right, right, right. Or if mm. anything that was going on okay. outside of the youth. Okay. Okay. Mm. And I didn't become aware of what I, of any of it until mm-hmm. I actually kind of left. Okay. And started going to the Bog Center. Okay. I was on the board of the Bog Center for a short while. Mm-hmm. And started to engage in these conversations and... That was when I met Diana, and, um, you know, she was like, and that's been That's from um, East Michigan Environmental Action Council, EMIAC, Mm -hmm. the organization I told you that Mm -hmm. I always volunteer for with Papa Daryl and Dorothea and all them. Yes, and Bryce Detroit. And Cass Commons. Yeah, and Bryce Detroit, yep. And, you know. Lottie was like, when I I first came, Lottie was like, EMIAC. (laughs) Lottie was EMIAC. Because when I thought of EMIAC, I was like, oh, Lottie. She going to be there. No, no. She is EMIAC. <laughs> got you, fight. <laughs> yeah. It was just such a, it was so interesting because once again, well, first of all, I was lucky because it went like the same way. Like, mm. come do, come over to EMIAC and work. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Whatever you want, just wow. come and do. That is so cool. It's beautiful. Come and do you. And mm-hmm. there was this um, green screen film festival going on at the yeah. time. Yeah. You used to run that. But when I got there, it was mm-hmm. like they would invite youth mm-hmm. to submit films. And if they didn't get a lot of submissions, they would just pull stuff like off, off of YouTube, I guess. Was YouTube right. still there? Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what year is this, you guys think? Is that 2010? This is 2018. I think I started in, I want to say I started at EMIAC in 2007, but that seems oh. like. But they were in the suburbs then, because they didn't come here till 2010. Okay, yeah, 2007. Then. So it was 2007? 2007 okay. or 2008. Okay. 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 We were at a public school. We were at, Cat. Um, used to be Hampton. Oh. When I first started at EMIAC, we were in Hampton, which is, well, what is it now? What is it? Um. Well, now it's um, Palmer Park Preparatory Academy. Oh, okay, okay. But it was named after. I'm sorry. I'm it's like, okay. No, it's cool. Anyway, um, so they would find videos, mm-hmm. you know, that were done okay. about the environment and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, and then see, I didn't have any environmental justice awareness. So this is what's beautiful. I can't believe this. Let me tell you something, Zero. Brittany. Listen, that'd be like, that'd be like if I told you when, when I met Lottie, I didn't have no hip hop awareness. You'd be like, 
<laughs> like when was that? Yeah. Were you a, a baby? Were you like? What? I'm like <laughs> that was in your bottle, right? I'm like, juice. I'm sitting over here looking at Lottie, like what? Zero environmental justice awareness. So, and I learned all of my environmental justice from Lottie. That is, that is amazing. Okay. But that's this just is like awesome. So, but right. you just blew my wig right now, which is great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was how it was at Vanguard when I yeah. started at Vanguard. I wasn't thinking I was doing media justice. I mean, I had media right. literacy mm. in mind, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand, and I had cultural awareness right and i had developed black consciousness right but i didn't see it as social justice we that those words were never uttered in in vanguard it wasn't a social justice okay i mean that narrative is meaningful because piper talks about all that all the time like it's it's like don't label it like you know what i mean it just comes just it just comes you know Mm -hmm. what i mean don't hold yourself back by saying like i can't be like um, Gandhi, I can't be like Sojourner Parks. Truth, you know. Ashe. you know what yes, I mean. Yep, so that's very yep. meaningful what you're saying. I don't even know if you realize like how meaningful that is. Is that you looked at yourself like an everyday person that had knowledge that was just doing the things that mm-hmm. you like, and then you fell into the labels. The labels yes. that you didn't. The labels weren't you. You know. Yeah. You lived into it, mm-hmm. which I think would be an answer for what we were talking about yeah. earlier about yeah. the the bad word that is activism, <laughs> right? Because you right. could live into it and liberate yourself from those labels. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is dope. Thank that's you for that. That's meaningful for thank me, though. No, that. thank you for the way. <laughs> thank you just for being open because that's meaningful for me. We Piper and I literally talk about this every time we see each other. Mm-hmm. And how she says, don't look at it like that. Just live into it. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's always retrospectively that I sit back and go, mm. we did all that. Right. We were doing all that because... So, yeah, because when I started at EMIAC, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew it was an environmental justice. Or, and I knew it was an environmental organization. Right. I, I didn't know what the justice piece meant. Mm. And so when I'm like with these kids trying to teach them about this film festival, I'm like, polar bears. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> because that's what we're yeah. sold. Yeah. yeah. That's the environment. That's the that environment. Is. It's something that is over there. Mm-hmm. It's mm. in the rainforest. Mm. Or it's the polar bears. And shouts out to the rainforest and the polar bears. Yes. We love the rainforest <laughs> and the polar bears. <laughs> Especially the cute polar bears. Yes. And the snow caps. Yes. Those two. <laughs> Lottie. <laughs> but we do, right? We do. We and, do. And so that's when I'm like, okay, I'm teaching the kids about, you know, the environment. Right. And then, That's um, so strange and funny and awesome at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So then somehow... I got a hold to, I mean, it was probably in the employee manual. I don't even know how I got a hold to <laughs> the principles of environmental justice mm. that were created. Wait, what? The principles yeah. of environmental justice. That's a deep story. Yeah, it was created um, in the 80s, I believe. Mm-hmm. There was a conference held and the People of Color Summit, and they came up with the principles of environmental justice. Okay which speaks directly to environmental racism and how the majority of, as in all, of the things that are done to degrade the environment disproportionately impact people of color and poor people and poor communities. And 
we can again relate that to kind of like the rainforest and things like that when they say, oh, they're taking away folks' livelihoods. But it, it hit home it be, when I began to see it reflected in air quality, water access and affordability, mm-hmm. the ways we treat our trash, and land use. And food. And then it became food. See, I mm-hmm. still hadn't even got oh, the food wow. justice yet. Wow. Okay. I hadn't even got the food justice mm. yet. And this is interesting because when I met Lottie, she was the queen of food justice. (laughs) She was food justice. Like if you looked it up and you looked up food justice, Lottie would be there with a carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are silly. But I don't I didn't mean to digress, but I I just really wanted you to Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit, but um, please go ahead. No, mm-hmm. once you 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 opened it up, you were like, hey. I'm like, I was like environmental justice. So wait a minute, you know environmental racism. Mm. I'm like, so that's happening on the one like one plate mm-hmm, spinning. Mm-hmm. On the other plate spinning, I'm like, how come we're not teaching these kids to make their own movies? Mm. You know why are we? Because we would only get entries mm-hmm. from what is called. The Hook and Bullet crew. So those are the kids that are already in it? Hook and Bullet is your fishing, hunting, oh, rural communities okay. that, you know, like, or if they were at an environmental school. Right. Like, there are a few environmental schools, like, wow, way away. Okay. There are envir- environmental schools? Mm-hmm. There, there are, like, elementary schools that are just, like, focused on, they go outside every day. Whether it's raining, mm, snowing, okay, whatever, they have classes outside. Wow! Or it might just be. Mm. And a lot of the movies mm-hmm. would be about save the wetlands. Okay, you know they weren't about they weren't you no know, people of color, right? And they weren't about issues that affected us in the immediate area. Yeah, why are the sardines at the corner store? Six Expi- months expired. Exactly. <laughs> Even the way we think about environmental, it goes directly to, sorry, some white boys fishing with their, going on their generational daddy's fishing trip. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. It Not realizing that it's, it's right here. And it was a hard sell. So, like, even when I first started working, it was a hard sell even for me. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? Mm. What am I doing? Like, this feels so disconnected mm. from from. The work I was previously doing, like, you know, I, they're not connecting well when I go, yeah, the polar bears. <laughs> it's like, huh? I, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> huh? We don't talk about polar bears. But then we started talking about very simply like litter. Oh, that's a good one. Perfect right. one. Mm-hmm. So everybody got to think about litter. Everybody got something to say about litter. Yeah. You didn't have to know environmental justice or environmental <laughs> racism. Or any of that to know, don't be throwing no trash on my lawn. Why is it dirtier in my hood, my neighborhood? Mm. We don't, They already had an analysis. We don't do that in the suburbs. They don't do that in the suburbs. Suburbs is cleaner. These kids automat- already had an analysis right. of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing they easily got an analysis of was asthma, 
Mm. And when we tied it to the Detroit incinerator. Okay. And the amount of particulate matter that mm-hmm. is spewed into the air. And that, you know, then we get into asthma is the number one cause of illness-related absence from mm. school. And asthma, like if you look at a map of the United States, there's like an asthma belt mm-hmm. that runs through the Midwest mm-hmm. where the factories and corridors are. Yeah. You know? So they immediately, they may not have had a full analysis around it, but they began to, you know, they could easily extract a meaningful, um, relevant mm-hmm. narrative from that. Okay. Then we got to talking about... Um, we talked about composting and gardening. Mm. By then, I'm working in Insaroma Institute. Right. As well as um, Palmer Park Preparatory Academy. Okay. So those young people, you know, had more of a conscious lens right. already. Mm-hmm. Insaroma was, um, uh, so Baba Malik was on our show, and he talked about Mollywop and um, D-Town Farms and Detroit Black Community Food Security Network, and um, the school that... Uh, he helped found, um, that's in Saroma Institute. Gotcha. The African Center School he helped found. Okay. And then Palmer Park, the, like a lot of people that live around there are actually in the community. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was where the Palmer Park consciousness was coming from. They didn't have the consciousness that in Saroma Institute okay. Okay. young people had. Okay. Yeah. But I was just, it was just. Because I do know a lot of mamas and babas live around there. Mm-hmm. I won't give away their address. Okay. (laughs) But what was interesting is that um, what consciousness element ended up coming out of the classes at Palmer Park Preparatory Academy, Mm -hmm. which is not usually included as typical environmentalism, was safety. Uh. And we began to introduce the narrative of safety as environment. Right. Because it, again, disproportionately in communities of color, the safety of your environment is a major issue. Mm-hmm. So that would come up quickly in conversation. Like, you know, young girls would speak of not feeling safe mm. doing this, that, and the other. And so... Um, and, pr- and probably young men, too. Mm-hmm. Not feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And probably, like, teens, mm-hmm. you know, traveling on the bus or... I don't know, that's interesting. It was really interesting because mm-hmm. because when you look at the face of environmentalism, like we would go to these conferences and stuff, and you know, grant money is funded to do these programs, and we'd go to these conferences and present on our work and have to really explain, like, you know, our kids are afraid of bees. They're right. Not, <laughs> they're not trying to go outside. Right. And be with the bees. And be with the bees. And, so, and, and like, harness bees. <laughs> Bee <right>. farm. <laughs> <laughs> So they were trying to make up like, you know, Michigan, what was it, every child, the environmental bill of rights for children mm. and how every child should be able to dip their toe in a lake. That would be great. It would be great, except mm-hmm. every child should be able to walk from home to school safely. Yeah. And every child should have access to a clean park. Yes. And a place where they can meditate and grow a relationship with nature. Mm. And that wasn't, there was an assumption mm-hmm. that was inherent in those, that mm. Bill of Rights, that wasn't the same for our kids. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. 
another the absence of freedom. The absence of freedom. Also, the notion that whenever you want to pick up kids and take them to nature, mm-hmm. it was always away from Detroit. Right. We're gonna take them to Cranbrook. We're gonna mm-hmm. take them to. We're gonna take them to. That is so mm-hmm. deep. Instead of making Detroit safer, cleaner, safer, and we have beautiful parks. Yeah. You know, we were giving away our parks at one point in time mm. instead of keeping them in the commons. Mm-hmm. Keeping them. I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to be funny, but taking a field trip to River Rouge Park alone, like exactly. the nature mm-hmm. that just sits over there in that part of town, mm-hmm. it's like you're not even in Detroit. But mm-hmm. Right. It's crazy. That's why the work that has been done with like D-Town Farm and how they mm-hmm. hold bio blitz there every year mm-hmm. and how that has evolved and what has started to evolve as far as what I'm seeing now is this like outdoor mm-hmm. momentum happening is beautiful. It is just beautiful. Yeah. Because like I said, this was, you know, 10 years ago or so sitting in front of groups mm-hmm. explaining that my idea of safety is different than yours. Thank right. you for having that conversation. It's such an important one to have. Isn't it? Like before we can even speak the same language, let me speak mine first. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even the idea mm-hmm. of um, defining safety. Mm-hmm. Right. Because in the hood, many times with older generations, that means like more police. Right. And, like, to me, when I see police, I feel unsafe. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. I don't know. Just, like, even defining, like, what is community safety? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to be safe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are are great. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's a whole whole other podcast. (laughs) About them green lights, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. So, okay. So, okay. While we're talking about like justice and environmental justice principles and like all that kind of stuff, you were the first, you are the first person to, um, that I heard say false solution. Mm. And now ever since then, what I learned what a false solution is, all my workshops, I'm always talking about like false solutions. Because we're always coming up with false solutions. Oh my God, yes. Could Could you just break down... Like, what is a false solution? And also, like, give some examples of what false solutions have been in the past. Yeah. Thank you. So, I wasn't the first one to say it. I learned that term when I went to Oakland with Movement Strategy Center. And I think we were talking about food justice work. This is after the U.S. Social Forum. And we have started the U.S. Food Sovereignty Group, where we're talking about what it means this is like 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And false solutions are the things that typically get a whole lot of money mm. put behind them to keep things pretty much exactly the same. So, like, for the people who don't do, like, social justice, because, mm-hmm. like, the way I've seen Lottie, like, Lottie's a G. Like, <laughs> in explaining this stuff, she makes it, like, so simple. Like, all this really complex stuff, like policy and all that, you'll be like, huh, but explain to folks that, like, don't know anything about social justice, like, because, um, like, we get what it is, right? But then, like, could you explain it within the context of, like, mm-hmm. uh, what a solution would be? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that kind of thing. 
So I think one of the ones that I still get me going so much mm-hmm. is um, organic food at Walmart. Okay. Because one argument around food justice. Right. And is about accessibility mm-hmm. and affordability. Mm-hmm. And one would think that organic food at Walmart, which is going to be cheaper and it can be accessed by a whole lot of people, therefore that would be good. That is a solution to folks being able to have more organic food on their table. Right. But it's a false solution because... It is a false solution. (laughs) (laughs) It is a false solution because it maintains the power dynamic, Mm -hmm. first of all, of big box stores. Mm -hmm. Big box stores typically put small stores out of business. If you want to look at the fact that Michigan has no black-owned supermarkets... And the one that we did have, mm-hmm. Metro Foodland, got shut out and shut down, and they mm-hmm. put a mire mm-hmm. right across the street. Mm-hmm. And every that would be a false solution because mm-hmm. everyone was like, yeah, that's great that we have a mire. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing the benefit of having a black-owned local Mm-hmm. grocer that you can go talk to mm-hmm. and be like, why don't you sell this? Why don't you sell that? Mm-hmm. And he was offering all kinds of incentive programs. He gave you cash back reward for buying the brown rice instead of the white rice. Mm. So he, making a healthier choice. He, he had, was actually supporting you and making a healthier choice. Yep. And he had a shuttle service. At wow. one point, we had a grant that was helping him use a shuttle service. But then Walmart. To bring the seniors there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Walmart has a shuttle service. Mm. And they have low prices. But you want to ask yourself, why are their prices so low? Uh-oh. Like, who didn't get paid in this equation? Uh-oh. How are you able to offer this for this cheap? Mm. Who did not get paid? Mm-hmm. And if you really follow the money, and I'm trying to make it really simple. If you follow the money behind, like, a $30 DVD player. Mm-hmm you'll end up figuring out why the homeboy next to you doesn't have a job. Mm. Because all the elements that could have went into creating a market-priced mm-hmm. DVD player and hire the person next to you to make it mm-hmm. got outsourced for cheap labor in China somewhere. Mm-hmm. Also that you can you think you're getting a good deal, but what you've actually done is sold out so many aspects of the economic system Mm. That would keep us all working. Mm-hmm. So we've just grown accustomed to kind of looking at just this one tiny little thing. I mean, I've had arguments with people all day long about the prices. Mm. Yeah, but they're cheaper. Yeah, but they're cheaper. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but they are against humanity all the way around. <laughs> and in Walmart, what are they? They're like big contributor to prison labor. They also have had the biggest lawsuits around um, wage. Like fair wage. Fair wages. Mm-hmm. They um, are notorious about their employment practices. Mm. They do, big box stores typically have models where they control like Walmart. Oh my God, if you want to blow your mind, look up 
there's this chart I had at one point, like if Walmart were a country, mm-hmm. like they would be almost like third or fourth wow. on the list as far as the amount of money, what, what we call our gross national product, mm. all the stuff we got as the United States. Wow. And Walmart is like third or fourth on that list. They also are the largest grocery retailer in the world. Mm. Wow. So you have to just think about what happens when all that is concentrated in one area. Mm. If if the food source does get contaminated. Mm -hmm. If, you know, and and just think about how they have a stranglehold on anybody else doing anything. Mm. You can't open a little store next to a wall. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, they suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm. Systematic suicide. And entrepreneurial suicide. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's put out there as and not to mention when Walmart sells organics, they tend to encourage growers to behave in the same way that big agriculture does now. They want you to do, you know, big monocrops, one crop. They want to really, you know, regulate what you're doing mm. instead of it being like Piper grows tomatoes mm-hmm. and Lottie grows tomatoes and Brittany grows tomatoes. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, nope, we want you to all grow what we want you to grow mm. the way we want you to grow it. So it just really forces them into the model mm. that we're already using. Interesting. Mm. So... We really have a lot of work to do to recondition ourselves to see the value mm-hmm. in possibly paying a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pay more because I want Piper's family to be fed. Mm. I know why her tomatoes are more expensive. And then when more people are making money, then it's not like, then I'm not here like living under this false scarcity. Mm-hmm. That, that, that lands on me as real scarcity. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So thanks for that. So now let's move to some um, <laughs> let's move to some real solutions. Okay. So after I'm mean, we're gonna go in the time machine. <laughs> so after all the uh, Vanguard stuff, and after all the EMIAC stuff, and after all the food justice stuff, and the uh, it was called the Food Justice Task Force, and uh, all this great work that um, you've been a part of. Implementing, creating, strategizing, influencing, encouraging, and fighting for. Um, you decide to become the weed lady. No, just kidding. But you decide to. <laughs> no, you decide to become an an herbalist. But before you be, but before you decide to become an herbalist, you went through this transformation that brought you to the point that you were like. This is what I'm going to do. So, like, how did you decide? Like, before you tell us about your whole mm-hmm. mas- being a master in herbalism career, like, how does one... And, and it does seem, like, pretty logical to go from, like, the food justice to the herbalism, but at the same time, it is interesting how you were able to, you know, start learning and mastering that thing. And then now that's like your life and your business and you have a house and this whole thing. So what's that time in between that time to where you are now? Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is again, like, okay, so this is just my little 
way of doing stuff, I notice like I tend to reinvent myself about every decade. Okay. Not not intentionally. I didn't set out to say, oh, I'm about to do something completely different. But <laughs> it seems like that's what happens and it's just being mm. um well, that's part of my nature mm. as a Gemini. Okay. Like, I w- like that yeah, explains I it all. was over here like <laughs> reading my mind (laughs) okay but that's amazing yeah it's really in my nature Mm. to to do a lot of different stuff and to me like I have this um I have a macro view Mm. to me it's all related right Mm. right and it makes perfect sense to me right sometimes folks struggle with that that's okay like what are you doing (laughs) no they they can't think as Fast as you can think. Mm. So, like, your brain waves are moving at, like, beyond light speed and sound speed that you've already played out the solution. And, like, other folks are like, what's the problem? (laughs) 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 That's just how far ahead you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) But, you know, I'll tell you the truth, right? It's it's fun. Out there. It's fun out there. It's fun out there. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, and then like being open to stuff. Like it's funny. It's funny, not funny. Mm-hmm. That a lot of these things did happen on the tail ends of uh, tragedy. Mm. So yeah, so I'm working at EMIAC and doing my thing, and we're doing you know by this time all the. Entries in the Green Screen Film Festival are done by, you know, local students Mm -hmm. and everything's happening. And then, you know, one thing led to another. Um, My parents both got sick. My mother had been sick for a long time. I was her caregiver. Then my father got sick in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. And um, he passed away in 2009. Mm -hmm. And then my mom. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And my mom passed away um, a couple years later. Ashe. Mm-hmm. And there was so many things out of just out of control in mm. my life. Like you make bad relationship decisions then. Mm. You make bad health decisions then. You mm. lean on a lot of vices then. Mm. And you just try to get by. So, you know, and then I got laid off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, those things happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, before you move forward, can you tell the listeners like the one thing that you think kept you in a position where you could reinvent yourself after going through stuff like that? You said usually it's on the tail end. Like, what is that one thing that you think is inside of you? Or is it just one thing? Yeah, sorry. I don't know. That's a really good question. Mm. Um, I think retrospectively, I would I'm able to say that time I don't know time is the only thing that will you know bring it back together and mm. um because at the time it was happening mm. I, I didn't I can remember not having an idea a horizon line mm. like when you think about your future mm-hmm. you know and imagine you know and I make vision boards all the time mm-hmm. I can remember when my vision boards were shut all the way down. There was no horizon line. There was nothing to do except day by day go through it. Mm. 
I will say that on the last go round, I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. but I had started walking mm. and spending time out in nature. Not yeah. so much like I do now, like in the mm-hmm. now, but I was at least walking all the time mm-hmm. and exercise. I started exercising, like mm-hmm. I started going to the gym, mm. and I started swimming. Okay, and exercise was the main thing I think that held me together okay you found you found you you found that thing you found that thing that that helped you connect back mm-hmm. that's powerful it was a place where i could kind of like instead of cry it would be like i sweat it out mm. or i could do things that were aggressive like mm-hmm. if we were working out i could do things that were aggressive that would kind of address maybe the anger i felt inside mm. or the resentment i felt inside so mm. i could um, express it that way um, I'm glad you didn't because that's like the time when people usually buy a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> now, my first go around. <laughs> well, since you mentioned that. I mean, silly. I guess, yeah, it's kind of like my, my version of a motorcycle. The first go around, I would say poetry. Okay. Poetry did it. I used to always say it was cheaper than therapy. Mm. Okay. And poetry pulled me through the okay. first time. Okay. For real. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And. So, yes, there's a few things I know mm. I did, good decisions I made in my life. Okay. Poetry was one of them. Yeah. I started belly dancing. Hey. Yeah, I belly danced for a long time, mm. which was, again, that physical mm-hmm. exercise. and it helps. Connecting that kundalini. Yes. yes. <laughs> I would walk up out of belly dance class like, goddess what? Goddess who? <laughs> I mean, it, I love it. Oh, my God, I love That's it. That's beautiful. It was mm. so restorative. I'm sure. So I know that was another major decision mm. that was helpful for me, and and herbalism was another one mm-hmm. that I, decision that I made. And I didn't make them like I said. Like I think I'm going to do poetry as a means of <laughs> helping mm-hmm. myself here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And dang, that belly dance would be therapeutic, right? No, <laughs> I'm with you though. I'm with right, you. right. You know, so it just found me, and um, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I got um, laid off, a few people in the community, like Angela Newsom and okay. um, Triana. That was the People's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Had been doing herbalism workshops, and I'd gone to a few of them. And um, when my mother was sick, mm-hmm. I had started leaning back on herbalism quite a bit because all we were doing was going to the doctor like every mm. every other week, like, and he would just prescribe another prescription, prescribe mm. another prescription. And we were on this merry-go-round, and she had, um, she was diabetic, she was bedridden, mm. and she had dementia. Mm. And, um, and all these medications had just eaten the entire lining of her stomach to where she would drink Mylanta before every meal, and after every meal, and she wasn't hardly eating, and I just began to lean on stuff. I mean, I always was inquisitive about mm-hmm. natural medicine, like, you know, sort of back as a teenager, like, how can I get rid of these cramps without, mm-hmm. without taking Tylenol 3? And But um, just started doing some aromatherapy with her, like um, lavender spray and some things to help bring her back into her mind. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started making, like, kale smoothies for her. She was drinking them? 
she would oh yeah she would drink her smoothies okay and then i made her this um drink it was aloe vera juice this particular brand lakeside or lakeland brand because it doesn't have citric acid in it okay Aloe vera juice, water, stevia, and some lemon juice. So sort of like a lemonade. Mm-hmm. And um, she would drink that every day. And it started to heal the inside of her stomach. Okay. And um, by her having dementia, yeah, I just noticed that she stopped asking for the Bilanta. Mm. Right? So then one day she wheels over to me in her wheelchair. And she used to keep these sores on her knees. Because mm. being a diabetic, it wouldn't heal. Mm. And she'd bump into the cabinet or bump into the oh, dishwasher man. or bump into stuff. So one day she like wheels over to me and she's like, you know that stuff is healing me from the inside out. Wow. And I was like, what stuff? What are you talking about? She's like, look at my knees, girl. Look at my knees. Mm. And her knees were healed up. They were not scabs Mm. and she knew like i said she came in and out Mm -hmm. of herself but she wheeled over to me to say that Mm -hmm. it's like that stuff you're giving me (laughs) is healing me from the inside out that is so beautiful it made me feel empowered and i always tell this story before most of my herbalism classes because that is why i do herbalism now Mm. Because it made me feel empowered and I wasn't at the mercy of what I now know as the medical industrial complex. Mm. Right. So that's how it all fits together, right? Mm-hmm. Food. Our food makes us sick. Yeah. Our medical system is set up to keep us sick for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Because it makes a lot of money. Yeah. So instead of you having, you know something that gets better, it doesn't get better. You're on high blood pressure medicine the rest of your life. You're on insulin the rest of your life. You're on statin drugs or cholesterol-lowering drugs the rest of your life. You're on Prevacid for all the acid reflux that happens when your gut flora is destroyed the rest of your life. Mm. They make a bajillion dollars. I know. And it's all food-related illnesses. Yeah. So um, so that's, you know, how it's all related, which goes back to the environment. Right. Because you can only have as healthy, how healthy your environment is is going to determine the quality of the food right. that you're growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, got laid off. And I decided to take an intensive class mm. with um, Jim McDonald. He's an herbalist mm-hmm. in White Lake, Michigan. Mm. He's pretty internet. He's internationally known now. He's the most down to earth, um, just an awesome, genuine person. And when I tell you, I went for one weekend a month for eight months. And mm-hmm. when I tell you, I felt like I went to med school every weekend. Wow! I am not playing. Wow! This was not no, and a dandelion. Hilarious. We'll do this. He went through. We learned all about <laughs> everything. Every week was a different body system. So we did the whole GI tract and learned about proton pump inhibitors and how Prevacid destroys your... I mean, it was so deep. Wow. Plus went out into the parks 
and identified the plan. How long is this course? It was eight months. One week. It was really intensive. Mm -hmm. And and that was so that's kind of like, you know, I got laid off. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And I didn't know how I was going to do. Right. Because I ain't had no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just put it out into the universe. I was like, I'm taking this class. Right. And I don't know how I'm taking this class. Mm. And, you know, my community showed up for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Out of nowhere, my son was like, here's some of my tax refund. I was oh. like, what are you giving me this for? I'm just giving it to you. That's beautiful. Because they didn't know about the class. And he looks just like you, by the way. Aw. So does your daughter. <laughs> she has two great, amazing, awesome kids. That's cool. They're nothing like her, mm-hmm. and they're and they're incredible. They are. Mm-hmm. You have kids. It's interesting. Two. They're not kids. They're adults. Twenty-five and twenty-one. <laughs> you have adults. You don't even look like an adult. I'm a grandma. <laughs> yes, you are a grandma. I'm a good and grandma. Yes. <laughs> her grandbaby is really, really sweet and fun. Aww. He's four, and I have a granddaughter now. Right. Eight months old. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And again, that is why I do what I do. Mm. He's not going to grow up and be afraid of nature. and he's gonna, oh. I mean, just, okay, so that's how it comes full circle with youth empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be about these multimedia tools. I can put this in your hand. You can do this with the rest of your life. Yeah. Now I feel the same thing about herbalism. Mm. What would it mean to have a whole generation of young people that are like, oh, just grab some plantain and put it on your bee sting? How Wonderful. about we grow an asthma garden mm-hmm. and we can cut back on the use of nebulizers? Wonderful. How about we don't need ADHD drugs if we have everybody chewing on, um, I, I, maybe I need, <laughs> I need the herb now, <laughs> chewing on certain herbs that increase focus and attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what would that look like? To mm-hmm. have a whole generation like your age, Brittany, I'm pointing at Brittany here. Yeah, our token millennial. <laughs> That's your, what she's here for. <laughs> your age and under to totally embrace mm-hmm. your own well-being. Wonderful. Advocating for yourself. Man. Getting knowing, off that medical industrial complex. Knowing how to live off the land. Getting off the drug industrial complex or whatever that's called. Right, because we're all, so many people are self-medicating, first of all, when it comes down to the ways in which we check out. Mm. You know, so what if we were healing that too, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So, so I would, look, let me be honest. Mm -hmm. When I went to study herbalism. Yeah. I had, I said, I'm not doing that activist shit no more. Which is interesting because you were actually doing activism. I didn't, but it, look, mm. yes. But see, this is why I do healing work now. Okay. And it, and it makes sense to me why I'm doing healing work now. This okay. is what I'm supposed to do right. at this particular age I'm at, which mm. is 51. Mm. Hey. Which is amazing. Right? You are amazing, I should say. Thanks. I would say she looks 15, but I need her to at least be legal. <laughs> 21. <laughs> But that's why I need to be doing this now mm-hmm. because my work mm-hmm. burned me up. Oh. I burned my candle at both ends, mm. up the middle, wow. around the middle, at the top, at the bottom, and I compromised my health. Mm. I compromised my 
uh, relationships. Mm. I compromised. You know what I'm saying? Like, What do you talking- think all that was about? I mean, not to get into your personal business, but like mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. could speak to people who, yeah. um, who, like, let's put it on a macro level, like other people who are doing the same thing. Like, what do you think that's about? Well, I know that. I know that a lot of people have a lot of passion mm-hmm. and they deeply, deeply believe in devoting their life to making change. Mm. And I think that it can be, it's not usually done in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't do things like, okay, you be on the front line for a while and then drop to the back. Mm. You know, like, you know, I'm taking like emergent strategy now. Okay. And we talk about the murmurations. I'm I'm reading the book. Are you? Oh, yeah. I did capture that, right? you captured that. I did capture it. Wait, what's the name of the book? Emergent strategy. Okay. Adrienne Marie Brown. She's one of our comrades, but she's internationally... Recognized for this book Understood. and other and other and the Octavia Butler, Octavia's Brood, and some other mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yeah, and she speaks about murmurations. So starlings, when they fly, if you've ever seen, at some point, all the starlings leave all the trees, but they're not flying like a bunch of separate birds. They begin to make these shapes together. They fly all together, and if you study a murmuration, it even says they behave. Of one mind. Mm-hmm. They're not, oh, you going that way? I think I'll go with you. No, it's like they are all programmed to do it, you know? So, um, but at the same time, they fly in formations where the leaders fly for a while. Then they drop to the back. And they ride the air current mm. of the whole flock. They're resting. On the energy of the group. They're rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. That's not how our work is typically set up. Because we feel such a sense of urgency, yes, there's a lot mm-hmm. that's stacked against us. The oppressive machine of white supremacy is relentless. You mm-hmm. know, it is relentless. It's everywhere. At the same time, it will eat us alive. Mm-hmm. If we don't rejuvenate and heal mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And I think that, that decision self-care. is a, it's a personal mm-hmm. one for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because it's interesting, too, because like, when you use that word activist, there is a assumption that that person is signing up to die for you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like people not respecting that. And I guess looking at, like, in the past, like, other activists, like, being murdered, even colleagues that we have, you know, God bless, you know, our sister, our beloved charity, Maymuna Hicks. Ashe. Yeah, Ashe. But even like people, you know what I mean? Like just, or even our brother, Ron Scott, Ashe. Like just creating these dynamic institutions, like doing all this dynamic work and whether it's like work, 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 and everybody, like, pulling on that person or, like, needing them to be the leader and speak and do and solve these issues and, like, help us, or whether it's, like, jealousy or whether it's, like, fighting for grants or whether it's, Mm. like, 
you know, uh, competition with other organizations. Like I own that, that work. Like I, that's my idea. So like just there's, and that's not even like the oppressor, right? Like that's not even like stuff coming from the oppressor. Like internal, internal. That's just the internal stuff. And then, you know, the oppressor stuff is like, you know, even more like, you know, that's your life threatened. So yeah, like where in the movement and recently, I'm going to say like over the last like five years, our collective has been actively talking about this healing. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's people like yourself and Adela and different people who have been actively mm-hmm. pushing healing as like, no, this is what, this is where I'm going to drop in. Cause like, this is where, cause like I need to heal and I'm here when y'all want to, y'all want to, you know, learn this and work on this healing thing. Like I'm here, but I'm not going to sacrifice myself. Like, because that's not going to support this movement. Like me sacrificing my health, my sanity, my mental, you know, health and things like that. My physical health, my relationships, my family. Like how does, how does that support the movement and we have many examples where it actually ruined the movement exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so that makes i get that i get that and i only mentioned this because i know you guys both know each other through that organization that so that organization emac it threw the just to transition conference that was here black to just transition assembly Mm -hmm. and so I I came to visit Piper at that conference the last day where they were debriefing and, and, and outlining things that they had learned. And they opened up with a spirit, spiritual grounding. They opened up with grounding. And if it wasn't for it being in like 2018 and nothing shocking me anymore, I would have never connected the two. Mm. You know what I mean? You, I would have thought that I would, I, it, it struck me because I'm like, okay. It makes sense, but I never really thought about how intentional and beautiful that was to say. You could tell that the night before there were a lot of things that they were trying to work on, everything. Everyone's passionate. Everyone, it's like you said, it's urgent. This is urgent work. But the fact that they took the time before they settled in on just debriefing, they said, let's take the time. Let's ground. Let's meditate. Let's burn some incense. Let's appreciate that we're all in this moment together. It was sage. Uh, sorry, sorry, sage. I didn't mean it. <laughs> it's they okay. burn incense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just didn't say sage, but you know. So the fact that you know, not trying to debate, but I think what you're saying is, is you're being intentional by saying this is healing. This is an activism. There's a difference. And I think Piper, what you're saying, kind of saying too, is is they're separate. But if we make them, if we continue to make them one and the same it's better for the cause of what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. Well, also, too, that we have to have healing. So, like, if you read Octavia Butler, there's healers, like, all through Octavia Butler, especially, like, my favorite book, The Pattern Master. There's healers, like, all through, but also, too, like, if we return to our indigenous selves, right, like, that's actually our power mm. is, you know, um, turning to our healers and our healing arts and our medicines and our nature and our, you know. And so um, this other world, like Lottie was talking about, like earlier before you were saying in the origin of your story, 
around um, being uh, in this capitalist world because your vision as a young person was like, I'm going to quote unquote, be grown. And so we're taught that the purpose of life is to work. But that thinking has got us where we are. So we're like working ourselves like out of our relationships. We're working ourselves out of our health, out of our happiness. Like, so that's the power of like what you're doing is like you're reminding us Mm. of like, oh, I don't have to go to, you know, the doctor because I have a freaking headache. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying to like ignore that a headache is like a common symptom and anything could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, like let let us remind ourselves that we're all healers. Let us remind ourselves Mm. of like, Mm -hmm. because like ever since the 90s, Maybe like mid eighties, like I said, maybe even the eighties. Pe- people's first instinct is go to the doctor. Yeah, we've been externalized. Like our our notion of self care mm-hmm. is not even self care. It's been totally externalized. Mm-hmm. Like well, I better see what my doctor. I'll see what the doctor says. What my yeah. doctor says, and mm-hmm. I, you know, instead of thinking that you have the the ability to discern it for yourself mm-hmm. and choose what you need for it, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 another thing that you um in your story that you um constantly reiterated whether it was with um moving into the Vanguard situation where you were like I went back to school to go learn this thing I knew nothing about I took a chance on myself and said hmm this sounds interesting. I never heard about it. I'm going to try it. And the same thing with the herbalism. You were, okay, you were doing food justice. I could see the jump, but it's still like a whole, it's still a jump. And so, um, yeah, like that's a thing that, you know, is important too. Because as like black women, we're always taught that like our voices are like too loud and too mm. strong and like you need to shut up. And you go over there, you don't know what you're talking about, especially if you're like not from a certain class or whatever. You know, it's like the 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 um training to like second guess yourself mm. is like mm. in there. So there's like mm. all this training with black wow. women about mm. second guessing yourself. So it would have been easy if you had said that you went to some like Harvard um herbal thing and not to like take away from any of that but the fact that you said to yourself huh let me see what this <laughs> what this guy's about <laughs> do you know what i'm saying about? yeah and then you just did it and it ended up that he happened to be like the real thing right and then you were like oh yeah so now i'm a badass herbalist <laughs> out here in these streets healing you healing all y'all no but just just that like trajectory is like really really powerful to me Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, and and you're and you're still making films, and you're still mm-hmm. you're still doing media literacy, and you're teaching youth how to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and you, you know what I mean. So you're still so yeah, it's it like two point You know what I'm saying or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just funny because like I said, I hadn't planned. I had not planned. So I went. I went as a means of interest. Mm-hmm. This was interesting to me. 
Mm-hmm. Then I became really interested in healing myself. Mm. Like, I was like, something's happening. When I would, like, go mm. out there every weekend. Out where? To the, the class? It was in White Lake, Michigan. Okay. And then we'd go to different parks on every Sunday. Wow. And then I was staying at this girl's house in Clarkston. Okay. And I would... uh come back and I could physically feel mm. on Sunday evening it starting to squish me. Wow. As I drove back to the city. Like it being the feelings of stress and anxiety and apprehension and just dread. Wow. I could feel it. And then every um weekend when it was time for the class. Yeah. And I'd leave out, I felt it fall off me. Wow. I literally could feel it. So I was doing it for purely selfish reasons, except for one of my mentors. That's self-care though. It is mm. self-care, but one of my mm-hmm. major mentors mm-hmm. who supported me in doing this. Yeah. Gwen Winston. Oh, Gwen Winston. She's one of my mentors. No, she's my mentor. Oh, can we share? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we yeah. gotta get Mama Gwen on here. Gwen Winston is responsible not only for that. She that's why I took belly dance class because mm, Sanaa. Right, I was gonna ask you about that. Sanaa taught yeah, through Sanaa. the Wisdom Institute with Gwen right. Winston. I started taking belly dance because of Gwen Winston. Then I um and and Mama Gwen's whole thing is about healing, and she is the I mean, mm, and her voice. Right, I was just about to say you will feel. <laughs> Like hands have been laid upon your soul. Really? Just when she says, hello. Yeah. Mm. She's like has a power yeah, when she, she speaks. Yes. She she talks like my mom. So she has like this kind of like, oh, wait. We were on the phone one time on a conference call. And it was like me, her, Mama Lila. Like, I think it was like, I can't remember who else, but it was like a bunch of people. And uh, she was talking about something. And uh, Mama Lila said something, and Mama Gwen said, oh, no, baby. And I was thinking, I thought I was going to start laughing. I was trying not to laugh. But because Mama Lila's an elder, so the baby part showed me her slang. Because that's 70s slang. That's that 70s slang. You know what I'm saying? Because Mama Lila's not a baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. She's our elder. Right. So she was like, uh-uh, baby. I was like, Okay. She just, it's just like it's loving. She is just the most, <laughs> Gwen is just an amazing woman to me. And yeah. she, she's also who got me to my personal trainer that I started going to, Kelly, that okay. she goes to. Okay. And I went to Sedona with wow. Gwen and Kelly and another woman. And honey, we climbed Mount, I climbed Beautiful. mountains with Gwen Winston. Mm. You know where Sedona is? In Arizona. Mm-mm. It's supposed to be one of the vortexes of many, energy. Many vortexes. Yeah. Are there. Okay. Okay. It's in Arizona and it's um, several energy vortexes are there. Mm. And it's supposed to be portals, all kinds of mm. portals. And it's all the red rock and you are... It mm. is a magical place. Mm. And we went, we climbed up to this place called Shaman's Cave. It, that's There's a YouTube video about it. Okay. But we climbed up to Shaman's Cave. Wow. With this tour guide we had just met who happened to be an astro, astrologist who happened to. What? He was like this little short white guy who was like an elf. And he knew everything. Wow. He knew astrology 
He knew how to play the saxophone. He know how to do. He knew how to do a, an, a Toltec women's fire ceremony that he did with us up in the wow. cave in the Red Rocks. I was like, this is magic happening. <laughs> he was just able to tap into his full self. Mm. Yeah. And he was put there, and we were put there Mm-mm. at the same time. Wow. Like I said, that's a whole nother story. Yes. But Gwen has been so inspirational and so instrumental in so many experiences that mm-hmm. I've had. And when I doubted myself and went to her, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She was like, you're going to go out there and you're going to get that herbal medicine, whatever it is, and you're going to bring it back mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm. She gave you a charge. I had my marching orders. Wow. And she sent me on out Thank there. Thank you, Mama Gwen. Yes. And everything started. Thank you to, for charging Lottie. Everything started <laughs> to line up after that. Wow. Me, me and Tawana did a poetry night. I got to get Tawana on the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. We did a poetry night and she goes, now I heard something you trying to do. I don't even know what it is, but you know what? You take the door money for tonight and go on and do whatever that thing wow. is. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That is amazing. That's the type of person she is, too. Mm-hmm. And then for the class itself, mm-hmm. I had managed to raise half the money for the wow. class. Wow. I was supposed to have the balance on day one. Mm-hmm. I send an email the night before day one. Right. And I'm like, could I pay as I go? Okay, that's a good question. And he's like, well, I don't usually do that, but okay. Mm. I was like, I am going to this class. There you go. Had I already go- said it. Yeah. I am going to this class. Yeah. And it was life-changing. Wow. And what I, what I suggest to anybody who's interested in herbalism, people ask me all the time, how do you get started? How do you get started? I said, well, yeah. pick, pick whatever's wrong with you uh. and work on it because okay. you'll be motivated. <laughs> Right. So right, I worked right. on my sinuses. Mm. And that was my main thing was my sinuses. Okay. And I had some I started to learn about they were talking about herbs for grief. Oh wow. And I was like, What? What do you mean? Mm. You know what I ad you know how these rappers they do ab libs, they'll say something about their mom and they'll be like, Mama, like so you I need you to give the herb. After you say the sinuses, you got to shout oh, the herb out. Hiss up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was awesome. <laughs> right. And that, where is that? Where do you, where does that even grow? Oh, outside my back door. Right wow. Now. We can grow it here. That's the thing. That's the thing I'm connecting with, trying to connect with folks now to be like, don't you want to do a medicinal herb garden? I do. Please. We should Anybody? do one here. Detroit yes. is different. Please, so. let's. And it's here. Because mm-hmm. I can, because that's. That's the next steps of, Mm. like I said, I'm trying not to, you know, I'm trying not, see, that's what I mean. Like, I'm trying not to be in, like, visionary mode like that. But you're just just a visionary. Let stuff happen, let stuff happen. But I get excited about stuff, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, how powerful would it be for you to be like, girl, my sinuses are bothering me. I'm about to go out back here and grab me some mullen and some hyssop and some stuff. Make me a little tea. You make me some too, sure. Right. That should be the wave. Exactly, because who needs Claritin? Nobody. (laughs) No one. For real. Right. So I started working on me. Mm -hmm. And when I started hearing about herbs for grief, Mm. because there's this whole thing about herbal energetics, all kinds of stuff, and I was like, what? (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> so, you know, again, so my Gemini nature, I'm all like, oh, this has a lot of variables. So I like right. it. It's not just take this for this, take this for this, take mm-hmm. this for this. They're unexplainable things mm. about the way that herbs work. Mm. The fact that they were here 30,000 years before we were. Yeah. And are weirdly suited for our body. Mm. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. How does that happen? If it's not divine. Yeah. How mm-hmm. does that happen? Right. So, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all just blown away and just really getting into it mm-hmm. and allowing myself to, you know, feel and, you know, I'm buying little herbs here and there and making my little tea blends and mm. just for me. Okay. Doing my stuff. And then one day. Uh-oh. I'm in my class. Okay. And sure enough, at lunchtime, a few people just sort of scoot on over to me and are like, so what's going on in Detroit with the name your issue of the day? Yeah. Right? And I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. They wanted to know. It followed me all the way out here. So, of course, we had to have these conversations because these were mostly suburban kids. Some One couple had driven from Ohio, I mean Chicago, but he actually is a media justice person. Okay, okay. But as a rule, there were a lot of people who were not familiar with Detroit history, mm. the issues going on in Detroit, and there were a lot of unpacking to do around, you know, assumptions and stereotypes. And why won't they just? And why won't they just? You mm-hmm. know, I can't remember what the deal of the day was then, but it was not long after the Hans Farm land grab. Okay. So... We ended up having some of those conversations about mm-hmm. what's happening in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I still was kind of keeping the two separate, though. Mm. I wasn't working in Detroit. Oh, okay. At all. Mm-hmm. I was taking some time. Yeah. I took a long time to just, like, I don't know what I'm doing next. And it yeah. has to really feel right in mm-hmm. my heart mm-hmm. as to what I'm doing next. Yeah. Um, And... Then after a while, my conversation, some of the more progressive herbalists, mm-hmm. including the person I was studying under, were like, so let's talk about why is herbalism so white? Wow. So that got into a big conversation around the prohibitive cost of conferences, this whole yeah. conference mentality of how mm-hmm. you learn stuff, mm-hmm. um, the whole academic justification model or the academic experience model that says Mm -hmm. you are somebody if you've gone here, gone there, you Mm -hmm. know, and all the things that typically, that's not how we do our, that's not how we learn. That's not how I was teaching, remember, back in Vanguard, that Mm -hmm. ain't how I was teaching graphic design. Mm -hmm. I was telling them kids, what you want to build a website about? They was like, gym shoes. I said, okay, build it on gym shoes. Include a button for sweatshop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were like, what's that? I was like, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. But you want to build a website on gym shoes? Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. But you're going to know what a sweatshop is. Right. And you're going to know what a cult of personality is. Right. So, you know, so that was the same with the herbalism. They were like, oh, so, you know. Mm-hmm. So I began having those conversations with folks still kind of trying to keep, again, I'm trying to be like, I just want to, can I just, I want to make my sinus tea. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe learn enough stuff to where I'll make up some stuff. Like you call and say, hey, I need something. Right. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Okay. But. Yeah. I am who I am. The spirits were calling you. And I do what I do. And what do I do? I teach. Yeah. That is truly what I am. Right. It really doesn't really matter the subject. Right. So sooner or later, and I felt honored because I was trying to find my footing, having felt like my activist relationship sort of was a, mm. you know, it was like sort of like a breakup, you know, so yeah. to speak. You're like, mm, yeah. that's my ex. I don't know if I want to go over there. Right. <laughs> Is he going to be there? Right. <laughs> right. Why he everywhere? Right. I can't Ugh. go. I can't go nowhere. Right. So yeah. Here come his ass. Right. And then, but then, then people started calling me to teach, and you were like, "Oh, I, okay." <laughs> they were like, "What you doing now? Mm-hmm. Herbalism? You want to come teach that then?" Right. No, they were really, really you teaching something. We need you. Yeah, you. So you're yeah. not doing food justice no more. So you're not doing. So you're not doing. So you're not doing. So yeah. what you doing now? Okay. You, you want to do that? Hmm. I think I think one of the first ones was with well, I was doing my own classes mm-hmm. to for whoever wanted them. Mm-hmm. But I think Detroit Freedom Schools was oh, one okay. of the first times I, that was the first time I taught kids. Okay, for I, as far as like youth herbalism, right? And that and then I was really, that was really great though. And I was really getting back in my element then because I brought the camera, mm-hmm. made a movie of them doing their. Yep, yep, yep. So it was like all the things, synthesis. Mm-hmm. And it took, this is like Slumdog Millionaire, right? Yeah. It took everything that I had learned mm-hmm. to do what I'm doing today. It took the multimedia background. Yeah. It took the poetry mm-hmm. and the youth entrepreneur piece and the graphic design mm-hmm. and the environmental justice and the food justice mm-hmm. in order to do a herbalism project now with mm-hmm. Earth, Earthseed Detroit. Um, so let's talk about Earthseed. Yeah, that's it. Earthseed yeah. Detroit. Tell us about the Earthseed Detroit because you're making your own product. So um, Brittany. Yes. I'm trying to think when that was. August. Mm-hmm. I went on. Remember I went on that retreat in Idlewild? Yeah. So um, Lottie so taught fun. herbalism. Remember I told you we had all these workshops? Yes. Lottie taught herbalism there. That's so cool. Yeah. So um. That it was, was so beautiful. So, that's another. Can you, can you can you give me a little imagery on it? Like you guys, because Piper well, it was the lake. Okay, is that a lake? What body of water is that? Lake. That is a two lake. Lakes. It's we two were lakes. On one lake. We were okay. on Idlewild Lake. Yeah. Like right, like on it though. Like on it. So you guys wake up. The property was like literally on the lake. So you we just walk to the lake. Woke up in a, it was a cottage. Beautiful cottage. This the furnishings were like. Older, so it reminds. Oh, we me. shared the we shared the cottage. We shared it with oh, Mama Aneb. Mama Aneb was my roommate. <laughs> we had some. This Tawana doesn't know what she started. Yeah, that was so great. she did this. Okay, so Tawana, the one who Petty. gave her the money from the poetry, Petty Propolis. Yeah, did her poetry and art retreat, mm-hmm. which is such a good idea because she had. Hit comedians. She had she had poets, <laughs> she right. poets, comedians, mm-hmm. but she also wanted to skill share. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm an herbalist now. Like all these hats. I'm like, yeah. I'm not a poet no more. Right. 
And she's like, but you're going to do a poem, right? <laughs> right. Like, oh, and, and by the way, Josh Adams, who's a comedian that went on the retreat, he has a podcast here. So that's so beautiful, actually. It is. So, and I was just like, this is because Adrienne Marie Brown was there. She was. And a lot of people didn't know, like some of the poets. The one we told you that has the book, The Emergent Strategy. Ah, I got you. Okay, yes. yeah. So mm-hmm. she was there. Mm-hmm. She did it. She did hers on um, Emergent Strategy. The Five Principles. Uh-huh. And a great collaboration came out of that. Mm. She and I are working together. It's, Isn't it wonderful? She mentioned it in her workshop, so I guess I can mention it. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaborating on a tarot deck. Together. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. So you guys are going to do that? She's doing Oh, that. my God. This so is going to be what, great. What is it? I was writing the book down. I'm sorry. We're working on a tarot deck together. I'm going to do the herbalism, med- herbal medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's doing Octavia quotes. Okay. Mm. And there are a couple artists that are doing the imagery. That, so we have to get a deck. It. She asked me to be a part of it at Idlewild. I was like. Isn't that great? After doing. And I was like. Well, we yes, I will do that. But we also got in the water. Was it after that? Was it after? It was after that. It was after that. And then you got all the way in that water. We got in that water. No, you did. I only got halfway. I was freezing. I got in that water. I was like, "What on earth?" I was like, "Lottie's strong." (laughs) I got up to my waist, like, "Uh, I can't, I can't." Lottie was like, "Do it, pipe. Get in. Do it. Do it. Do it." I was like, I felt like such a loser. I said, it's okay, Lottie. She was like, well, next time. <laughs> so, you know, Idlewild is like, this is a historic African-American retreat mm-hmm. center, right? And it's coming back into itself, I think. And so yeah. that was my first time being there, though. Okay. And so, first of all, Piper has given us this awesome play-by-play. I still got to make the video mm-hmm. about that moss. She made us go outside because behind our cottage, there wasn't any grass. It was all moss. And this moss felt (sighs) like velvet. Mm. When I tell you it felt like velvet, I'm not exaggerating. We had our shoes off. We had our shoes off. And when you peeled back, Mm. there's a picture of me Mm -hmm. with a big chunk of moss Mm -hmm. stuck in my nose. Mm. And I was like... (laughs) I was like, I know where patchouli and vetiver come from now when you smell this mm-hmm. earth. When you smell this earth, this is home. Oh, my God. The dirt. This is home. Ooh. And the water felt the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm not no, I'm going to jump in the lake kind of girl. Mm. <laughs> I hadn't even brought my bathing suit, girl. I went right in the house and put on some <laughs> black drawers and a black tank top and went for it. Yeah. That's what's up. And and it Ooh. was like the water was just like you come to me. Yeah. Let me hug you. Mm-hmm. Let me hold you. Let me have you. It was amazing. It was amazing. Was amazing. I wanted to get all the way in. I'm still kind of. I'm not going to use the word jealous. I guess I'm just going to say <laughs> I'm disappointed that I didn't go all the way in. But I'm going to be honest with you. It was. I got to my waist and I tried to go a little bit more. And I was like, uh-uh. And, and you're right. It was psychological. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's cold. It's cold. Lottie was like, try. But Lottie got all the way in the water. And then she started doing like aqua ballet. <laughs> Out in the like deep part. <laughs> I was really just floating on my Amazing. back. <laughs> I was floating on my back. So what, what were you able to teach about herbs? What, what insight did you give them that weekend? 
what did I do? Well, you made what the teas. Did I, did well, I made, you yeah. did like an overall thing. We did a tea meditation, which mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about a, a few of the different herbs that are We're Detroit-centric the, or the, you know. That's powerful. Yeah. Things that are typically, and that's the beauty of it because I feel like it is so reflective mm-hmm. of Detroit mm-hmm. as a people. Mm-hmm. We make a way out of no way. Yeah. We keep coming back. You're going to try to stomp us out, eradicate mm-hmm. us, do whatever you're going to do. But we coming back. And that's yeah. what weeds do. That's why they make such good mm-hmm. medicine. Mm. So deep. They don't, they don't, they not weak. Mm-hmm. They don't fall over and die. They'd be like, I'm coming right back. And you brought up um some of the uh, normal you brought up some of the normal things we'll find in our backyard, and then you brought some stuff to, like, do the teas. Yeah, so we talked mm-hmm. about okay. your more everyday herbs, like plantain, which is definitely in everybody's backyard, mm-hmm. dandelion. Um, those are the two that are most common, and burdock root that are amazing, that, that will set you straight, like in life, set mm-hmm. you straight, nutritionally. Mm-hmm. My mom's trying to wing me off coffee by... She buys dandelion root tea, oh. and she like makes it taste like coffee because it's like kind of bitter. I don't yes. know; it's weird. She's funny. Do, I do you like it? I love it. Like she makes like little almond milk lattes. Aww. Oh, she's so cute. But I, I, she, she's mentioned burdock. I've never had burdock. Yes. Well, what was the first one? Plantain. Uh, plantain. I didn't. Plantain. I never knew about that either. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Very. You have it in your backyard, and if you didn't study any other herbs for a while. Okay. You could start with just those three. Okay. I I wrote about each of them on my blog Mm. on Mm earthseedetroit.com. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And you you can, you know, dandelion root is good for liver detox. Okay. Dandelion leaf is a good digestive bitter. They both are gentle laxative, gentle diuretic. They are great for, quote unquote, spring cleaning. Mm. Now, I tried to do the dandelion root. Me and my boyfriend were like, we're going to go on this fast and we're going to drink dandelion juice every single day. And it lasted a day. Wait, wait. Was it? The leaves. That yeah, was the we leaves. juiced the leaves. It's so From bitter. your backyard? No, we, we got them from the grocery store. Just That's all right. That's mm-hmm. that's all right. That's how I started was mm-hmm. buying them from Meyer or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what you can, they are very bitter. So yeah, I was going to ask, like, what could you do mm-hmm. with it? So without getting really long and drawn out, like we've been, um, con- we've been, um, our taste buds have been trained away from bitter. Okay. Right. It's not a flavor that we appreciate anymore. We're like, oh, it's bitter. Right. <laughs> so you have to do that slowly. Okay. What I would start out doing is make your regular green salad and just cut up mm. a few dandelion leaves and mix it in. Okay. The same with your smoothies. Just do a few and blend it in. But what you can do that will not taste too bitter is you can make dandelion leaf pesto. Wow, that's a good one. It is so good. Okay. And that recipe is on my blog. Okay. I'm going to check it out. And I made it for, I did this workshop for Whole Foods. Okay. And um, too cool. there were like 50 people there because they were doing this health series. Yeah, they still do it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I did with Akua Woolbrook. Yep, yep. Shouts out to Akua. Shout out to Akua. 
And I made that dandelion pesto. Mm. And I made like the hibiscus tea and I made some salad. Oh my God, that sounds okay. so good. And people were like, do you sell this? Is this already made? Like in the jar, can I buy it? Because you know, I'm kind of, you kind of nervous when yeah. you're going to put something like dandelion pesto in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But it went over so well. Cool. It's kind of like a gateway thing. And okay. then, then you're eating. I mean, yes, it has olive oil in it. Instead of, um, I've done it with cheese. I've done it with nutritional yeast instead mm-hmm. of cheese. And then somebody wanted me to do a nut-free version. Yeah, because a lot of people got nut allergies. Yeah. So I did it with chickpeas. My favorite. Which, it's a slightly different texture. Than, and maybe flavor too, right? Not really. Oh, okay, okay. Because you still put fresh garlic. Okay. You still put your... Fresh lemon. Mm-hmm. Is it then, like hummus, but not, not probably not as thick and pasty. Right. Just add enough olive oil to nice. where, and then when you toss it with your pasta. Mm-hmm. So it is, it or it could be like a dip. Okay. So it is slightly different when you do it with the chickpeas. I would love that. Mm-hmm. A pesto. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's still very workable. Understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. is awesome. And you'll be like, I'm eating all these dandelion greens. Right, right, you right. Know? And so your body has to just get accustomed to bitter again. Yeah. I like and that. and bitter too is one of the four um necessities, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. For your taste bud. Cause like your taste, that's the other thing too. Like your um the whole purpose of your whole taste bud is cause that's how your appetite kicks off. Gotcha. And let me blow your mind about bitter. Yeah. Bitter is the only taste receptor. Mm-hmm. We have bitter taste receptors all the way down oh, our um, the digestive tract digestive tract and mm-hmm. into your into stomach. the stomach so mm. it's meant to be so it's a trigger right for your pancreas mm. and your gallbladder Which, right 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 to say we about to do some stuff okay, okay. Yeah. so a lot of people that have been prescribed stuff like prevacid mm-hmm. and anti-acids which stop the production of acid mm-hmm. that's why it messes our stomach up so badly yeah a lot of people would benefit from adding bitters okay. into their diet. And it doesn't have to be dandelion leaf is exceptionally bitter. But when prepared right, you could eat it. But burdock is also considered a bitter, and mm-hmm. it's very mild tasting. It's not that hits you over the head bitter. Okay. So you could do burdock. You could do um, coffee. That's why coffee is served at the end of a meal traditionally mm-hmm. because it's a bitter Mm. That's why salad is served as your first course because okay. it used to be bitter greens. Mm. You got your digestion going. Right. God, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can even go with like bitter salad greens, like your um, radicchio, mm-hmm. you know, arugula is kind of bitter. Like, you know, just get away from like, you know, your iceberg. Wing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do it slowly. Okay. And, um, and then, yeah, that'll help. Just putting bitters in your life is just one way. Mm. to uh, help all the way around. And um, and I will say that the things that I've noticed Mm long-term, developing a relationship with herbs as healing in a foundational way, not like, what do I take for this? What do I take for that? What do I take for this? The more I ate Mm -hmm. wild foods Mm -hmm. and herbs, Mm -hmm. The more I was able to step away from vices, mm. I finally was able to quit smoking cigarettes. Hey, this January will be my third year. Congratulations! Yeah, and I smoked for Huge. a very long time. Wow, since I was fifteen years old. 
Oh, that, yeah. And I've been That's trying to quit since I started. Mm. Wow. I mean, I quit with both of my children and started right back up after I stopped breastfeeding. Wow. So go get a cigarette now. So congratulations on yes. that, Lottie. Yeah, I mean, that was That's huge. a lot to let go of. It is. And I just think That's that- why you look so great, huh? Yeah. I even hear glowing, shining. <laughs> like, mm, I don't smoke anymore. I don't smoke, right? Hey. <laughs> the face of a non-smoker. So, and then now you make these amazing products. And now your products, actually, you, you stepped up your um packaging game. Oh, I did. I tried to. But, and then, but besides the packaging, like the products are, you know, you're making the products. And so now you have a line of products. Yep. So... Earthseed Detroit actually started as a blog in 2009. Mm. That was before I even knew I was going to study herbalism, y'all. Wow. I studied it. I started the blog because I was trying to live a more eco-friendly lifestyle. Okay. And I had just finished reading Parable of the Sower. Oh, perfect. And I was like, Earthseed Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> About to be up in here. And I had, had just had back surgery and I was mm. like laying around. I was like, can't do anything. I'll start this blog. Okay. And then... Then as I started learning herbalism, I was like, oh, this will just be the umbrella. Okay. For everything. Because it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm, Your mm-hmm. higher self is amazing. Isn't it? That's <laughs> like, the Gemini. What? That's like, the Gemini. I'm going to plant. I mean, you know how they say we all do that? But like, mm-hmm. that's like on another, like how, or if you believe in reincarnation. Like, oh, like you tell yourself, you tell, you give yourself these hidden paths. So you fall down. The- yeah. But like, dude, that is amazing. That's yeah. true, the hidden path. You're like, I'm mm-hmm. going to plant this seed, but I'm going to plant it so when I plant these other seeds, it just falls all together. Wow, I never really had yeah. connected it up like that, that but awesome. you are right. Because stuff mm-hmm. has been unexplainably synchronistic. Mm-hmm. That is cool as heck. Like, I can pull out vision boards from 20, the house I bought. Mm-hmm. Is on a vision board from a decade ago. Wow. And and I wrote about how all I wanted. Well, I wanted a farm from being like eight years old. Mm. My parents were like, why? Mm-hmm. What? I was like, no, we could do this. We could do that. And then I remember writing all this <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff wow. down about before I even met anybody in the food movement. I was like, I want to learn beekeeping. I want to learn composting. Wow. I want to learn how to do this. And I'm going to add some art to it and all this stuff. And then you end up just doing all that stuff. And then it's like I turn around and realize I've done all this stuff. That's right. what's weird is that I'll be like, oh, right. that really happened. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And Lottie is the queen of vision boards. <laughs> like Lottie does these vision board. Are they parties or they're yeah. gatherings? Gatherings, parties, whatever. And she helps work. people do vision boards and then she like facilitates. She like leads facilitation and helping people do their vision boards. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. And that's been so much fun. It has resulted in, again, I am, the way I look back at it, I have been so blessed to be connected mm. with this community, mm-hmm. even through all the ups and downs I described. Mm-hmm. Because so many wonderful things that I'm thinking back on mm-hmm. as a result of you asking me all these questions, mm-hmm. how many intersection points, mm. like people that have come to vision board classes and things that we've done mm. together is like, oh, and that ended up being the person I went to Ireland with. And wow. that ended up being the person I did this with. And that ended up buying my house from the girl I went to herbalism class with. Wow. Like all these 
just interconnected circles. Just like, mm. so I'm, I really am thankful and blessed and excited mm-hmm. to, you know, Earthseed Detroit is, it's still defining itself. Well, you also have the, um, is it, is it a retreat space like your house? Because mm-hmm. you do, well, you've done retreats there. Starting to. Starting yeah. To. So, yeah, you know, as a result of getting to know this whole nother circle of people, mm-hmm. this herbalism class was when mm-hmm. I met the young lady who I ended up, she had to move. It was, that's another story. It was mm-hmm. very synchronistic. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is sacred land. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone doing ATVing on this land. Wow. Can you help me find someone to buy this house? Wow. And I had a moment with God on my kitchen floor, like, this is my house. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I was like, I'm supposed to buy this house. <laughs> I was wow. like, if you want to, I called on all the ancestors, mm-hmm. my mother and father. I was like, if y'all want to pull my coattail, now would be a good time. Oh. <laughs> and um, and it's like everything that I wanted. And it's... Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's out in Clarkston, so I do a lot of back and forth, but it's where I'll be able to grow herbs and have people come for healing. Wow. Retreat work, healing. Retreat. Isn't that great? I've had a few, and people come, and Gwen Winston, everybody comes, and they're like, yes. this land is magic. Mm. They feel it. They feel it. We do our goddess circle. When is that? Well, we don't have anything scheduled. Right now, well, for twenty nineteen, we yeah we got. I think it's still very much up in the air, but I think I'm gonna do a community event in June. Okay, and I'm hoping folks will get together and help me build my compost station. Okay, that sounds like fun. And then we could eat together. Yeah, and be on the land and just maybe pick some stuff and make some medicine or sort of Juneteenth style. Oh, okay, mm, that's what's love up. It. I love it. I love that's it. That's what's up. I got, I got two random questions. So, vision boards. So I created this vision board a couple years ago. And I guess the thing that frustrates me the most is it's like, I know some of the things I've I've routed to how to get there. Then the other ones, I look at them and I'm like frustrated. I get frustrated. I'm not frustrated now. I've gotten frustrated because I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like, I had the juices flowing on it and working my way to those things. And they didn't happen the way like that I thought they were. Is that the key to just like not look at it like that? It's just a, to just have it there and let things rot themselves, or what? Or is that just too one dimensional? That no, thought? I think that what I learned is they are working, mm. even when you're not. I do think there's something to be said for regularly visiting and giving it your energy. Mm. So what I've done, I've done so many iterations. So like if there's a spot in your vision board that you feel isn't activated enough, Mm. then you could do a vision board just about that space. Like a lot of people do, this is everything I want Mm -hmm. on one board. Mm. So I started doing individual boards for individual Mm -hmm. goals. (laughs) Yeah. Individual goals. Mm-hmm. So you're... Concentrated power. Concentrating even more. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to think through more things. And it forces you to 
you will start to identify more connections that you may not like you know you stand back and watch look at the whole picture mm. is very different than when you zoom in on that one area and just do a big vision board mm-hmm. about just that one area mm. that's one way i found helps to activate it mm. um, i do believe however that it is working because I've come to learn, I believe vision boards are just the universe giving me a glimpse of what's supposed to happen. Instead of me thinking, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I know what I want. Right. I, I think it's the universe saying, now this is what you're capable of. Mm. And this is what you could have. Wow. And this is what you can do. I love that. And mm-hmm. I'm just giving you a visual. Yeah. For you to start imagining yourself there. Takes the God complex off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like, because the within, the God within, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like that empowerment. You could also, I do all kinds of stuff, like write yourself a letter mm-hmm. about that particular goal area also. It could be to your future self. It could be one that was particularly powerful for me was to write your ideal day mm-hmm. in that space. So I wrote, Mm. I got up in my retreat center, I went outside and picked vegetables out of my garden, Mm -hmm. and then came in the house and did yoga. Wow. I wrote all this Mm. when I was at Vanguard. Oh. Oh, my God. Wow. I even want to find that letter because I was like, what else did I say? Wow. I wrote it, and I was from a book. I wonder if you can still get it online. This book called Wishcraft, W-I-S-H-C-R-A-F-T. Wow. I found it in a used bookstore. Mm-hmm. But when I looked her up online, Barbara Shear, mm-hmm. she had the whole book available online for download. Wow. She had the exercise about writing the letter of your ideal day. She also had a great exercise about creating your own cheer team, which oh. was pictures of people from your either, like, your past or ancestors and envisioning what would they tell you huh about your when you get all like well i can't do it what, oh what, what would, would they say what would malcolm x be telling you right now wow that is so cool mm-hmm. yeah it's a pretty it was a pretty dope book so if that's still available mm-hmm. um online that's so, a good one thanks for these jewels yeah, that, all these books that is that'd yeah. be a great way so because once you activate and then then the last thing i'll say about vision boards mm-hmm. is i said I needed to treat them more official. So I framed, I went to Michael's and just got, it was just a poster frame, but go Mm -hmm. go fall fall out however you want. Mm -hmm. I framed them and hung them up. That's nice. So that they were like art. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, my last board, that was called my badassery board. Oh. I had to pull it down. Uh oh! <laughs> I was like, "You're doing too much." Whoa! <laughs> like, <"You're> doing- <laughs> so funny. Whoa! <laughs> the stuff was falling through. Like, I mean, it was. I was like, "Okay." Wow! I was like, "Oh, I want to be a badass." You know, I had Harriet Tubman on there. I got oh, Octavia wow. Butler right oh, there. Oh wow! I got Hatshepsut right in the middle of it. So right you there. was like I- bringing everything straight through the shaft. <laughs> All of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> pulling it through the. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I mean, a friend of mine got connected with another really dope program in Austin, Texas called The Human Path. 
Mm. which is like a survivalism school. Wow. She got connected with this school, and all of a sudden it was like, do you want to take classes? I was like, uh. Oh, yeah, because you're doing the survivalism stuff yeah, a little bit that's too, the right? Next chapter is the survivalism. That's what Brittany wants to um, learn. You do? Sure. That's what you were talking to me about. And what's the survival? The the yeah, the survivalism, like living off the land and like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. learning the terrain and like learning what to do like off the grid. Yeah, there's there's a young yeah. brother that's taking a lot of flack and I won't mention his name, but like he's a YouTube presence and people <laughs> people are he's doing that. And he's doing some other things. He's just mixing too much stuff. Together and, okay. and I don't know it, it. I don't know what his true intentions are. Uh, but but he's off the grid. Truth, that's what she likes the, is the off the, the grid part because that's what that's what a lot of people talk about is we need to in order for us to really. But Lottie's a part of a community, you know. and so are we connected to. But Lottie's a part of um a community that actually lives off the grid, that actually does off the grid stuff. So it's not like. You know, like, oh, I think I might want to. You guys actually and like are learning and teaching. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are a number of groups. Like, if you want to join Soul Vival Life on Facebook, that's a local group. Okay. And the young lady who runs it mm-hmm. is a really. She's just a really awesome person. Her name is Adrienne Catrera. Mm-hmm. We went camping, so you know, I bought my first tent with oh. the money from my. Uh, Remember when I had that 50th birthday brunch? Oh. I had a 50th birthday brunch. Okay. And I told everybody who gave me, like, money cards. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy my tent with this. They were like, (laughs) only you would be buying a damn ass tent. Yeah. I I did. I didn't buy my tent. Mm -hmm. So this was the first year, the big year of first, Mm -hmm. around Earthsea, Detroit, Mm -hmm. and survivalism. Okay. Was I went camping, tent camping. I went to a foragers event, Great Lake foragers event, mm. where they were all eating. Like, we just ran over here and picked this, and we're going to cook mm-hmm. it in the fire and eat it. And mm-hmm. I was like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and um, so that is the next yeah. plan. And then connecting with folks like Tepfira, who's doing Black, uh, Black Earth Retreat. I got to bring her on here, too. Yes. And then there's a group called Outdoor Afro. Yeah, they're awesome. They are. And they're Outdoor incredible. Afro. Outdoor yeah. Afro is a national organization. Okay. So there is... Um, there's a local um, Outdoor Afro contingent. Detroit. Yeah. Outdoor Afro Grand Rapids. And they do all kinds of stuff. Like we're going to mm. do... There's an Outdoor Afro Grand Rapids? Uh-huh. And wow. there's Outdoor Afro Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, and um, the person who what? is kind of... In- yeah. <laughs> No. They've been they've been um taking people uh like just short trips We're gonna to like a, learn how to. There's just such a small, not even small. It compared to the perception that we all have. A lot of people have about Grand Rapids. There's just like little niche, black niche there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that d- just gets so overlooked. So mm-hmm. that is so ultra cool that there is outdoor Afro in Grand Rapids. And I joined, yeah, and I joined both of them. You should join both of them. Okay. And they're doing like a winter solstice hike, three to five miles mm, at night. Mm. We're also doing trap yoga on the oh, okay. 29th you gonna of, be trapping? Of, of December. Yes. Okay. Hey. Trap yoga. I don't know. Trap yoga. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with it. Getting Not in touch with that inner kundalini. Trapping. Yeah. <laughs> and they do, they could do rock climbing. That's cool. They did a huge camping trip to Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. 
Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. And we're all interested. And they did a Juneteenth thing, I think. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. I think so. So, mm-hmm. So there are going to be so many opportunities okay. for you to practice. And then I'm going to do this year coming up with them probably some herbalism mm-hmm. classes, some plant identification walks. That's cool. And and shout out and uh, Ashe to uh, Mama uh, Jindai. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, Mama mm-hmm. Jindai, the first person in Detroit that I learned about, um, and what is it called? For- foraging mm-hmm. was uh, Mama Jindai. And she, they used to do the um, Belle Isle. They used yes. to take you on Belle Isle oh and then God. teach you, like, all the stuff that's on Belle Isle that you can eat. Mm. And, um, well, you know, so, cool. yes. so that you would know uh, in a catastrophe or yes. whatever, like, what you what you could survive on in like, the wilderness. Oh, mm-hmm. And um, her and Baba Kalinde, they were the first ones that, that I knew of uh, doing those uh, survival mm-hmm. um, workshops and things like that. So, you know. Mama Jindai is not here with here with us anymore. She's here with us, right? But just not in this form. So I'm glad that you're um, picking up that charge, if you will. She's another one who Ooh. I remember going to Insaroma Institute, mm-hmm. and she was teaching the karate class, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Who is this woman?" That's so oh, cool. Yeah, just badass all mm-hmm. the way around. Just all the way around. Yes. Just so just. Mm. I yeah. mean, just a definite inspiration mm-hmm. and a woman to aspire mm-hmm. to be in like. Mm-hmm. You know, she had she had all of that. Yes. She was a photographer, a pianist. Yep. Classically trained pianist. And taught karate like like for real karate. Yeah. Piper, you mentioned that. The guy that you guys uh, saw in Arizona... Um, getting in like getting in touch with itself completely. That's what mm-hmm. she sounds like. Like she got in touch with herself mm-hmm. on, on on multiple levels. Yeah, and then was also teaching other people. Yeah, you know, wasn't holding on to that like selfishly, like yeah. just you know teaching so many people. So yeah, so and it seems as though that's what you're doing now, is you're passing on that like ancestral knowledge. You know what I mean? That that we need to survive. You know what I'm saying? And uh, thank you for that, Lottie. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I, like I said, I feel really blessed to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I think it's fun, and I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely seen and felt the results. So I mm-hmm. believe in it. I, under, I know mm-hmm. that between herbalism and food as medicine, mm-hmm. I know we can um, cut down the use of nebulizers mm. and um, the fact that, you know, youth are lined up outside the principal's office to get their ADHD medicine. Mm. That is a huge, huge thing. Is that Ritalin? Is that what, they, what it's called? Well, one of the things? One of them. One they of have them. them on a whole bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. And I think that through... You know, I mean, I'm not saying that it replaces everything. I'm with you. But I definitely feel like our do our parents, do our mothers feel empowered to say, I'm going to supplement my child's medical regimen with this. Mm, mm. You know, because I don't tell anybody to stop their inhaler. Right. But 
add some New England aster. Mm-hmm. Add, you know, add some mullen, add some New England aster. And go to Clarkson to and your house. Come on out and pick some. Get some and, real nature. And get some nature. Mm-hmm. And sit at peace. Get some of that incinerator off your chest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to help. If you want to go back into the fray, mm. then rejuvenate yourself so that you, when you go back in, you know, you're recharged. And then come back out. Mm. And recharge, and then go back in. Mm. I'm to the point where I feel like this is my next offering. Mm-hmm. You know, my next um, role is to be um, really make the healing a priority for me and for a community because I just see even you know younger, younger and younger people. I see folks crying for help, whether mm. it's a Facebook post, whether it's just their actions in mm. general, inability to like take care of themselves, mm. or hold it together. So I'm thankful. For- you remind me of um, Lena Horn in The Wiz. Remember, she was the fairy godmother. You remember that? You remember that, Brittany? Yeah. What was she like? If you believe <laughs> within your heart, you'll know. <laughs> No, but no, but really, like um, in real life, like you're actually helping people activate. Like you use it to activate yourself, and now you're activating others. So that's like okay. So we have to make a retreat, Brittany. Please, please, please. Yeah, we have to make a retreat. It is fun. I love to have you all out. Yeah, and Brittany wants to learn um, how to make like um, I don't know. Like what I'm envisioning is bringing like sometimes you know how you have those those group of friends and you talk and they look at you like what are you talking about oh you those are the type of people I told you I told you so (laughs) let me be quiet now yeah you know what I'm saying? You just want to go out there and then yeah. like jump on top like the, of a mushroom. Like the people, the people <laughs> that would never would want to ever don't like ever come. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That is that to me is like super powerful to watch. That like, would be dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love that. I love that. Uh huh. And and it's just fun, you know. Like you know, so so like you said, I do make products. Um. I tend to stick to some basic stuff like around Im- immune boosting. Like, right. Oh, which, by the way, yeah. know, I brought you gifts. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh, and by the way, okay, so she's, for those of you that can't see, so like first Lottie was like making stuff and then she was just like giving it to you. But I'm looking right now. She has a full line of beautifully designed packaging that... um I don't know. Are you in like Whole Foods and stuff like that? It looks like mm-hmm. this looks like stuff that would actually be like yep. in a high end, right? Yeah. This looks like it. Be- I mean, it is high end. Let me not say it looks gla- like it is would be. Is that all glass bottling? This is a very beautiful piece of glass. It feels like some recycled glass. So I'm not even sure if it's that, but it does feel like a nice piece of glass. And so does this. Um, she has like, for those of you that are like, is it in the... Uh, what is this this glass called when you're supposed to put your medicines in this dark glass? Amber amber glass. Yeah, so she has the uh, tincture mm-hmm. inside the amber glass. Mm-hmm. So and it's so cute and beautiful. Um, you guys just have to see how it's great awesome. this looks. This is just like really gorgeous. So I brought you 
Um, I brought you a tea blend. Mm. So this particular tea blend is called Energetic Calm. Okay. Which kind of seems like an oxymoron, but if it's kind of like um, imagine being energized and stimulating and calm is like like when you get a scalp massage, right? Oh, you know, right, right, Stimulating right. yet relaxing. Stimulate the follicles, but it relaxes <laughs> your nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. So this has stinging nettle mm. and um, oat straw, which is very mm. good for the nervous system. Okay. Stinging nettle is really high in iron and vitamins and minerals. Okay, okay. Plus there's spearmint, peppermint, and lemon balm. Wow. So peppermint and spearmint are like sort of aromatic and lifting. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And lemon balm is too, but lemon balm is called a nervine tonic. So ah. it'll relax you also. Okay. So it's so that, you know, it's for long haul energy. It's not right. like a, a Red Bull or something that's right. going to hype you way up. Right, it's right, like right. It's like steady, mm-hmm. nourishing mm-hmm. energy. So that's beautiful. This is wonderful. I'm going to be drinking this tea. And I brought you both mm-hmm. an elderberry elixir. Oh, that's Thank wonderful. You so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is really good for your respiratory system if you have a cold or a flu. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you at the first sign of a cold or a flu coming on. Right. Take a dropper full, like. Oh, and it's an eyedropper, just so you guys uh, yeah. that can see. Yeah, but it's a little one ounce bottle mm-hmm. with a dropper in it. Mm. And this is a blend of elderberry, echinacea. Cleavers, which is a lymph, mm. lymphatic system support. That's really important, especially because I'm 46. Mm-hmm. You know, like cleaning the lymph mm-hmm. is really important and at this age. And lymph is hardly ever talked about in um, medical stuff, your lymph. It's so system. important to and clean the lymph. so important. Yeah. So I just brought you all some stuff. Oh, my well, God. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. This is awesome. I'm going to have some other stuff up. The this website is being uh, tweaked a little bit. But yeah. going to be the shop. I'm going to have to also write an article about you for Yay. my magazine. But this is, okay, so I told Brittany that you were coming. She's been looking forward to you coming. When did we set this appointment? It was like a month ago or two months yeah. ago? Yeah, I literally been like, I can't wait. Every week she was like, when is that herbalist coming? I'm like, um, <laughs> December. Yes. <laughs> so I know you have two beautiful children, but of course I want to know. They're grown. Uh, grown children. <laughs> what is your and that's the primary? So I'm asking, like your daughter. She's 21. You said she'll be 21 on December 20th. Wow. What does she think about all this? So she thinks her mother is a hippie. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. <laughs> yes, she likes to uh, draw peace symbols all over my stuff, and she's like, oh "My God, you are such a hippie." No matter what I do, <laughs> I mean, like I had a a bamboo shower mat and she's like oh my god you are such a hippie wow <laughs> i was so like it's just a shower mat it was bamboo though <laughs> it was just nice brown yeah that sounds very hippie-ish which is uh, for me hippie's good like me good too taste. well me too yeah it's yeah. great taste but what she All does natural. do is uh-huh. she'll go mommy i don't feel good Aww. i need some catnip tea <laughs> you know or, you know, when so she does recognize it mm-hmm. as, like, that's what we do in our household. And not right. to leave your son out, but I think you have a lot of beautiful feminine energy. Right. Like, it's pure. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to Thank know, you. like, how that connection that, you know, the mommy-daughter. Like, oh, my, I we, think around 21 is when I, 20, 21, 22 is when I started realizing, like, okay, this bond has to get tighter. Mm. Like, 
has to get tighter. So that. So you that, you admit that you were giving your mom hell before then? I mean, not hell, but I was. A, my mom was. My mom's background was literature, and she used to tell me, "Let me see your papers. Let me help you." And I would want never wanted my mom's help. I always had this mm. thing about independence. And through and you were just failing, and she was like, "God, I'm failing." Girl. <laughs> Because I'm competitive, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. But to or from a sense of like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. So you was hard-headed. Very hard-headed. <laughs> very, very hard-headed. But that was the age where I was like, no, I need this. Like, Aww. my mom's mom died when she was 13. Mm. So I'm like, I need this. So like, I mm. always like, the, what you're doing, you know what I mean? All that beautiful feminine energy, I know she feels it. I know it, it does something Aww. for her. So that's why. I and her son is awesome too. He is more like, is he like your protector? Because every time he comes, I just see he's so quiet. And well, every time I would see him, he'd be so quiet. And then, but he would have like, you know, this thing like, you know, like around you, like, yeah, let me take care of my mom. Let me make sure she's straight. Well, that is so interesting. Let me I don't carry know. her stuff and yeah. make sure she's, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. making he sure is, you're good. He is a very uh, compassionate person and mm. he would notice things like, you know, he's very diplomatic. Like, mm. you know, very, very early on, if mm-hmm. if someone would say, you know, something like, do you like the cake I made? He'd mm-hmm. be, well, I mean, it's really frosted nicely. Like he right, right, right. really had that ability yeah. to be <laughs> <laughs> diplomatic at a very young age. Right. Um, he's working on his musical art. He oh. is a hip-hop artist. Okay, okay. And he's really been productive this year. Um, he's released a, a CD, compilation CD, and is working on another one. And wow. I'm working on a logo for him, which okay. is the first, like, Collaboration. Familial collabo. Happening. That's awesome. Congratulations. A, yes. And we did a photo shoot at, okay. stu- at the studio where he records. So I brought my camera and yeah. did it. And I was just like, oh my God, we're working together. Isn't you it know? great? Because I never could make that happen. Just like you were saying. I was uh, like, do you know what we could be doing as a family? Yeah. If you would just yeah. do yeah. what I tell you to <laughs> yeah. do, we would have a family business. Oh, wow. <laughs> of course, it had to wait. Mm-hmm. Until they were ready to do with, so, mm-hmm. so we're working on our little stuff together, and, and he's an excellent father. Mm-hmm. Really, just that just really makes my day mm-hmm. to see him with his children, and he works. Uh, he works for the Rusty Bucket where we had our mm-hmm. brunch. Okay, okay, school, and he's been there for three years. Okay, okay, that's good. He's got that's va- really good. vacation time and everything. Oh, wonderful! Like, yeah, that's really good. You know, vacation time. It's all about vacation time. Right. <laughs> that means, you, that means you've been paper. someplace for a minute. Yeah, when they give you a paid vacation, right? Mm, that's wonderful. Yep. And then my daughter. I mean, but we've always been close. I've always been mm-hmm. very close with my kids. Yeah. Um, my daughter lives in Florida. And, um, but we've always been close. She's mm-hmm. a Sagittarius. Mm. And it's so interesting that she and I have this real, we have a real mental connection. Like, that's if, the Gemini. Yeah. If I say, <laughs> if I say, um, oh, you know, this table needs some flowers, she will literally come through the door with a vase and just like, like, mm. like she was thinking, thinking of the same thing. That's beautiful. And so she actually, I have to give it up to her because always when I'm around my kids, they help me out. She was starting her YouTube channel. She wanted to be a makeup artist, mm-hmm. do makeup tutorials. Mm-hmm. So she came to visit and was like, oh, I want to do this YouTube channel. And so she got my camera mm-hmm. 
And then she was she was all surprised that yeah. I knew how to do I Mindy. Oh I'm God. like, you do know. You had been teaching it like 20 years <laughs> You already. do know this is my job, right? Mm-hmm. But she just was blown away because I was like, you know, when you edit that, maybe you want to do a jump cut like this. She was like, oh. Right, mommy. She's like, you know about okay, so you do know what you're doing. And then when she needed to do her YouTube thumbnails, Mm -hmm. she really was like, I said, oh, just go in Photoshop and just hook it up, get you a picture, put some font, put your font on Mm -hmm. there. She was like, how do you know this? How do you know this? (laughs) But she inspired me to start my YouTube channel. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I wouldn't even started a YouTube channel if I hadn't been. Oh my god, so inspiring. If I hadn't been around her mm-hmm. doing her YouTube channel, I was like, I see how you do. I was like, now how could I do something like that for herbalism? Right. Girl. Because you're so cool and all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. You're cool. 50 about to do herbal videos. Is this going to work? Yes. yes. And then I said, you know what? I don't care. It's going to be my practice space mm-hmm. to keep me making media mm-hmm. and it's okay to show the mistakes because that way yeah you feel like oh, i could do that if right, she right, can right. Do, if she can do it if she can do it mm-hmm. i can do it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> wow so i gotta give it up to my daughter for being my inspiration around isn't that, that great yes yes beautiful so mm-hmm. all right yeah well this is great well so we finally brought lottie we have been talking about you, like, when you were coming. Yeah. So she's been looking forward to it. Well, I have, was... too, but she's really been like, oh, my God, when is she coming? So this was really good. So thank yeah. you for this. Yeah, thank oh, you. And thank me... you for these gifts. Yeah. This is wonderful. We're going to be healthy now. <laughs> I was trying to decide, like, do we leave this tea at Detroit is different than when our guests come? We're like, we've got some tea. That's and the guests will be like, mm, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or I'm like, do I keep this tea to myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but um, but thank you so much. This is wonderful. Um, these are great gifts. Did you want to leave us with any last words? I have talked entirely more about me than I've talked in <laughs> a long time. No, this is great because that's what the show is about. Like we want to learn about people. It was great. Yeah, I appreciate so much you um, creating this platform and both of you being here and making it happen. And mm. so thank you. Mm-hmm. So much and um no i mean just you know um buy um, your products and yeah like I <laughs> follow said, you on instagram Earthy detroit is on everything that's on facebook pinterest instagram mm. mm-hmm. twitter youtube just look up Earthseed detroit mm-hmm. and i hope to see you in the new year yes in the weeds there we go yeah that's what it. about you Brittany? our token millennial um, what wise words do you have with us for us, O Sage Oracle? You thank you for being so holistic. Oh, yeah, that's that's it. That that this was an awesome interview. So this was you. I thoroughly enjoyed your energy and you being here. So yeah, thank you and for my gift too. You are welcome. Yes, I'm gonna put this you. into use. Good. Good. I guess my last words are. Um, I w- I'm glad that uh, you brought products. Because I'm like, mmm, get some tea. And I guess uh, we have to, so now we really need to do a retreat. So we need to make a vision board somewhere that we're going to have a retreat there at your at your spot. Because uh, that's going to be real powerful, I think. Because mm-hmm. Brittany's always talking about doing the um, 
you know, just learn about nature and like yes, do for stuff. You gotta come. You gotta come. And we're we're gonna to. do it. We're gonna do like, it. We're gonna figure it out and we're gonna do it. Okay. So that's my last words. Put that in the universe and keep listening to the Piper Carter podcast. You're gonna uh, definitely check out Earthseed, Lottie Spady, super amazing Earthseed Detroit. And uh, so Earthseed Detroit, you know, check it out. Go to the website, get the products, see about if she has any retreats coming up, workshops that she's teaching. Uh, you definitely want to have some of that in your life. And you definitely want to keep listening to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is Different. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. I'm nobody's pilgrim Going and run them reruns of different strokes for different folks Why? Cause some do it for the income Don't do this for the money Cause trust me I would have been done I'ma do this till I'm bloody and muddy Call it my long run Call it my ransom Call it your anthem Swoosh Go in and make that and one Just do it Go ahead and pursue it Chase it like it was true Cause it actually is It's too many doofus With too many excuses That's why this music seems to be Just making us useless We all gagging and lollying Too busy Polly and politrickers forbidden when infants are left lying in. You're in feces, question where that peace be. Peace be too quiet, too chill. Peace be too calm and too still. Cause everybody nowadays got a license to ill. And everybody nowadays got a license to kill, 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 kill. Murder, murder, blood spill, spill, spill. So they service cold plates or cold cases. And we've been waiting, putting out water for justice. We wonder what the taste is. Heard she was blind, never thought she was faces. Never Thought she was racist How come the ones who's supposed to keep us the safest They chase us They used to use some hoses But nowadays they just haze us Nothing seems to face us Reality's not reality Till it's on the stage Cause, cause We all exhibitionists Everybody's courageous Everybody's the bravest Until it's time for action We all crying out save us Crying out to God And calling all kinds of favors Do we actually believe Based on our behavior The end time's upon us We all gonna need a savior Do it, do it, do it, do Listen, I'ma do it till this kingdom come Do it till the work's done Do it till it's not fun That day'll never come Do it till I see it through Do it till I'm see-through Phantom of my own opera No musical, make visible the invisible God's point of view With it without residuals This is my cue Stay up on the real culture of Detroit By tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network Weekly Music, art, business, comedy And never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit